I'm Vinny. And I'm Drake. And welcome to Backstage Biddies, a podcast where two theater nerds discuss our love, and sometimes hate, of movie musicals. From Golden Age, to Disney, to Contemporary, we'll recap and review all things movie musical. Join us as we scrutinize Hollywood casting, dive into the history of all your faves, and gossip about controversies of the stage and screen. Press play and sing along, because this this is Backstage Biddies. God, it's the last one in sequels month, baby. <laughs> one more sequel for the road. So to me, this movie um, is definitely about the girly pops. This is all about the women. It's all about the girly pops. And so for that... Are we going to do the thing where we don't mention the the title of the musical, even though it's in the title of the episode? Yeah. Okay. Who fucking cares? Just shut up and let me do... Let me leave this. <laughs> That's fine. Um... So because this is about the girly pops, I've got um, a little BuzzFeed article here that's 15 examples of girl code that women are saying that they will always swear by. Lay it on me. Let's lay, let's fire through these. Um, letting someone know if something is out of place. Like if they've got schmutz on their face oh, or something sure. like that. Of course. Um, that's just... What's that one rule? If there's if it's something that someone can change in, fi- in under 15 seconds, you should tell them. Yeah. And if not, shut and the fuck up. And if not, shut your fucking mouth. Yeah. Absolutely. Great rule. Unless they've asked you. Right. Unless someone solicits an opinion that's right. different. But like, right. don't volunteer an opinion about something no one can do anything about. What a shitty thing to do. Right. Um, If you see someone hating on themselves, lift them up. That's a great human rule. It's a great human rule. Yeah. Um, I think that this one kind of goes hand in hand, but maybe not. Um, Building up other women at work. Sure. Specifically I, in the workplace. Maybe that applies more so to like when people aren't in the room. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you should do it when people are present and not present. Like, you should just be supportive of people. Yeah. Unless they're shitty, then don't do that, but... Um, I think that this one is... It has multiple applications, but I think it's all a similar rule or the same rule. Sure. Never leave them alone at a party. Mm, great rule. hmm I mean, we even do that when we're out and about, like, on on the the circuits, when we're with the, with the boys is... at the club. Which is what I'm about. So, like... We buddy system. The next rule is we pee together. Yeah, you do. And the next one after that is if a woman seems uncomfortable because of a man, all of a sudden you're besties. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Especially, like, there. we've had moments where, like, I'll make eye contact with someone who's, like, cornered by another someone at a bar or something, and it's like, oh, my God, you're actually with us tonight. Isn't that so funny? I didn't even see you over there. Um, which also lifts or goes into this next one. Um, if someone is acting weird towards a woman or a service worker or anything like that, you just insert yourself into the conversation. Fully. Strength in Either, numbers, baby. Yeah. Um, always give a girl in need a tampon, even if they're your worst enemy. Always. That's Fuck uteri. Yeah. I hate, I don't enjoy my uterus. But whatever. Anyway. Uplifting women in the bathroom. I don't have much to say on that one, unfortunately. I do. It's one of my favorite things. You know how many best friends I've made in a bathroom? 
I can't Best talk friends about that I've what never happens in gay to. bathrooms. <laughs> um, My bathroom experience is at the club. At a gay bar, <laughs> They're different uh, in experiences. In the women's bathroom because you're like, we're uplifting each other. But is it in a sexy way? <laughs> and we'll never know because we refuse to talk about it. Um, <laughs> uh, at a gas station late at night, I will always wait till the other only girl there leaves. Fully. Yep. Yeah, these are so these are all girl co- code rules, but these are also great rules for just like anybody who cares about a woman's safety. Yep. Um this one is like a okay. Uh if you notice like a girly pop her hands are full and she obviously needs help like open a door like extend a helping hand. Again, just like a good human rule. Yep. Um when around their partner, never behave in a way that'll make your friend feel uncomfortable. So, like, don't flirt with their boyfriend. We have different thoughts and opinions on that, but I don't do something that's going to make your friend feel uncomfortable. Here's what I think they mean. Yeah. Understand and respect the boundaries of the relationships in your life. That's it. So if you have a friend who has expressed a boundary to you about the relationship they have with someone else, don't be shitty by crossing that boundary and like intentionally making them uncomfortable. Yeah. If someone has communicated a boundary to you about a relationship they have, don't cross it. Um, this next one, this is a typical rule, but they say usually don't date your best friend's ex. That's usually is in there. So like a mm-hmm. there's so very little gray space involved in that rule. Mm-hmm. I'm not even sorry about it. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, this is and listen, I leave a lot of gray area when it comes to relationships, but that rule, I I hold that one pretty hard and fast. Yeah, I know. <laughs> this um this one it kind of goes along with a lend a helping hand if you can. This sure. is also like a mom code thing. Mom code. A parent code thing. Yeah. Um, is that if you see a mom struggling roll fucking hard with the kid, mm-hmm. you'd be like, hey, you need a second. Can I help you with something? Do you need, especially if it's a friend of yours, just be like, oh God, yeah. I'll just, I'll just take the baby for a minute. You go lie down for a few minutes. Sure. Just take a break. We've talked about that too in the past that like the way that we view parenting as like a singular job now is different from how we used to raise children. Yeah. Like the communal aspect of child rearing has really entirely evaporated in American culture. Because even in the nuclear family, it was one of those things where like the neighbors would still look out for the kids. Yeah, of course. Like you could send your kids to the park and not have to worry about it because even if like one other parent was there or if one other parent could like see the park from their living room mm-hmm. was like not an issue. And not to say bad things didn't happen. No, because of course I'm sure they it's did. one of those things. Of course they did, but bad things will always happen. But especially when you take um, identities and individualize them instead of making it be like a community problem, it's the power in numbers thing. Exactly. So exactly. Um, and the very last one in the end, we're all in this together. Hashtag we're high school musical. All in this together. Oh, the Disney copyright. They're going to come for our neck. They're going to come for your neck. (laughs) I usually parody my shit. You don't. Well, hey, under 10 seconds, I can't be sued. It's the collective. It's the collective us. We got to stick together. I was going to say. Against Disney. (laughs) (laughs) She said quaking. Um, But yeah, I think 
lot of those are some pretty good rules. Those are really good rules. Yeah, and so when we're talking about uh, the movie for the girly pops, we're talking about um, one of my absolute favorites. Do we have a hint today? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> the cold open was the hint today? That's fine. So the hint is girl hint. code. <laughs> hint is girl code. Are you just going to are you going to link this article and make that the hint? Yeah. I think that's great. No, the... no I think you should. <laughs> um no. The the hint is uh Katherine Johnson. Oh, okay. Who's that? Um she is the girly pop who helped write the or did write the original um stage uh play for this. Um, was a big part in the first one, big part in the second one. Um, we're talking about Mamma Mia 2. Here we go again. Um, this is such a good time. I'm so thrilled to be covering this. It's such a good time. I was like, thank fuck we got a good one. It's one of my favorites. (laughs) We've had some, I mean, last week's was not great. No. Um, what the fuck was before that? We recorded that so long ago. Grease 2 was also kind of a flop, but a fun flop. Yeah. Um, Teen Beach 2 is like fine. Yeah. I really like Bartok. I liked Bartok too. This one is, this one though, to round out the month, I'm... Yeah, I, yeah. we're I doing that it. bookend thing again where like we started really good, we had some stuff in the middle, we're ending really good. <laughs> ending really good. And to me, Mamma Mia and Mamma Mia 2 will always be like kicking off summer movies. Uh, very summer vibes. Right. So happy, um, like, Memorial Day weekend, everybody. Go, like, watch Mamma Mia and eat a burger. Yes. <laughs> have, a, have a little have a little movie-thon. But, like, have your windows open. Make sure you get um, some sun. Get yes. that vitamin D, especially if you are in the Northern Hemisphere and have been just seasonal depressioning the fuck <laughs> out of everything. Yeah, buddy. Go get it. Um... So this was released July 20th, 2018. It was directed, um... And the screenplay was written by Ole Parker. Okay. The story, though, is by Katherine Johnson, Richard Curtis, and Ole Parker. So they nice. kind of work together with stuff. Cinematography by Robert uh, Yeoman. Fine. Y-E-O-M-A-N. Yep. Yeah. Uh, music by Bjorn. <laughs> what? Bjorn and Benny. Nice. From ABBA. Yeah, yeah. The bees um, in ABBA. Yes. Um, and, and Doodley. Dudley. Doodley. I think she's one of the A's. Doodley. Doodley, doodley, doodley. Yeah. <laughs> Tell oh, me more. Oh, God. What else? Um, so we've got Pierce Brosnan returning as Sam Carmichael. One of the three dads. Um, ooh, I'm going to mispronounce his name and I should be fired. Uh, it's Skarsgård. What's his first name? Stel- Stellian? Stellan? I thought it was Bill. <laughs> That's his character's name. Oh, well, show me the name. It's, it's, uh, S-T-E-L-L. Skarsgård. Stellan? 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 Must be. Skarsgård as Bill Anderson, uh, number two of the three dads. Colin Firth as Harry Bright, the my, third dad. My father of choice. <laughs> uh, is it because he's the gay one? No, it's because he's the hot one. Oh, he did age very, very well. He did age well. I he would did. take, I would take Colin Firth over Pierce Brosnan. Personally. Oh, fully. Yeah. That's just my cha- my personal taste. Well, excellent. Yeah. Uh, Meryl Streep as <laughs> Donna Sheridan, you shady lady. <laughs> um, and then, of course, we've got Julie Walters back as Rosie. 
Um, Christine Baranski is Tanya. I love Julie Walters because she has publicly, very publicly said that she would never do another Harry Potter movie. Not a sequel, not a, not a short, not anything. She's done with Harry Potter permanently forever. And I actually just saw an article like two days ago where she said, I don't want to work anymore. I'm done being a working actor. I'm, I'm over it unless we do a Mamma Mia 3. <laughs> well, that's because this is just a rip roaring good time, it seems like. Yeah, because it's just a bunch of friends who get together and sing ABBA music. <laughs> and listen, ain't that the life? Yeah. Um, and we've got uh, Dominic Cooper as Sky, um, Amanda Seyfried as Sophie Sheridan. She looks great. Uh, she does. I think. I think a lot of them look fantastic. Yeah, Sky looks um, so hot, but that's not surprising. And I think that that covers all of the original people. So here is a list of people that are new to this movie. Lay it on me. Uh, Lily James as young Donna. My favorite. Damn. I love her so much. Yes. Um, Jessica Keenan Wynn as young Tanya. Jessica Keenan Wynn originated Heather Chandler in... Oh, fuck me. That... Oh, that makes a lot of sense. In Heather's Off-Broadway. She, mm. like, originated the character. Mm. She's amazing. Uh, Alexa Davies as young Rosie. She's a really popular TV actress. Fun fact. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeremy Irvine as young Sam. Hugh Skinner as young Harry. And Josh Dillon as young Bill. Uh, we've got Andy Garcia as Senor Fernando Sinfuegos, uh, who is the manager of the hotel. Oof. Um, fun fact. I, Fernando. Uh, not really a spoiler alert, because if you saw any kind of anything for this movie, you know for a fact that Cher's in this. Oh, no, we can't keep it a secret. Yeah, no. So um, Cher's here as herself. <laughs> he was He was chosen by Cher. She had it written into her contract that she got to choose who played that part. Nice. And she's like, that guy? It's that guy. He's hot and talented, and I will be making out with him later. I mean, you gotta wield your power. Listen, Mom, I am a rich man. (laughs) I love that interview. Me too. Uh, Cher as Ruby Sheridan, Donna's mama. She's just playing Cher. Fun fact, um, this is the first movie appearance that she had made uh, since 2010. And I think that's burlesque. Must be. So this is like eight years later. Nice. Yeah. Um, We love that she popped in here. When are we covering burlesque? Tomorrow? I love that movie. I I love that movie too. Um, Ooh, I wish I knew how to pronounce any of these last (laughs) names that are about to happen. Uh, Maria... Oh, are these all of the Greek ones? Yes. Yeah. Good no luck. No idea. Vakratsis? Uh, <laughs> Vakratsis? V-A-C-R-A-T-I-S. S-I-S. Yeah. Yeah. She plays Sophia, Bill's great aunt, the older lady that owns the farmhouse. Fine. Yeah. Homegirl. <laughs> um, and her son... Uh, the character's name is Lazarus. Um, oh, pa- the guy who Panos? looks like Weird Al Yankovic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Panos. Panos Hella Greek. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Panos. Uh, Mo- oh, fuck. Mozorakis. <laughs> Let me give it a crack. Mozorakis. Let me give it a crack. M O U Z O U R A K I S. 
I think that's exactly it. God damn. Mozarakis? Sure. Uh, Sounds Greek to me. It's all Greek to me. Yuck, 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 And of course we have cameo appearance and there's a few other people, but we've got a cameo appearance by Bjorn as the university professor, the one dude they like zoom in on. And then Benny Anderson as the pianist in the Parisian restaurant. Yes, yes, yes. I love that they make uh, a little doot-doot. I love that they're so supportive and invested in this like weird Mamma Mia-verse. I love it. Me too. It's my favorite. Um, so, principal photography for this film began in August of 2017 in Croatia. Nice. On the island of Vis... Vis or that? Vis, vis or that? Uh, V-I-S. Um, <laughs> Why did you make it German? Because that's... <laughs> uh, I don't know. Anyway. It makes sense in my mouth, I guess. <laughs> October 2017, um, the cast gathered at Shepperton Studios in Surrey, England. Nice. Uh, Richard Grant was from Surrey. Prove it. Um, that's a line in one of my favorite movies, The Holiday. Oh, okay. Cary you're, Grant. You're Cary referencing. Grant is, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Cary Grant, Hugh Grant. I didn't say Hugh Grant. What did I say? Hugh Grant? Who said Hugh Grant? <laughs> Okay. Anyway. <laughs> um, to film the song and dance numbers with Cher. And then filming wrapped December 2nd, 2017. Um, also, fun fact, they are in the early stages for Mamma Mia 3. Yes, they are. I really wanted to, like, Google and do some research and bring you some fun facts about Mamma Mia 3, but nothing is confirmed. Literally nothing. The no. only thing that is confirmed is that they are working on a script and they would like to make one. That's it. And Judy Kramer, who I think maybe Judy Kramer was the one who now I'm a lying sack of shit. Um, maybe she was the original writer. Mm. Mm. Well, whatever. Judy Kramer had always had plans for this to be a trilogy. Fun fact. I mean, yeah, it feels like a trilogy. Yeah. I mean, now that we, when you get to the end of the second one, you're like, I'm missing a third of my life. Yeah. So the reviews for this one, um, when I tell you they made money, which isn't shocking, they made I mean, big bucks off the last yeah, one. Yeah, I can't imagine this um, being a financial flop. So Mamma Mia in the US and Canada made 120.6 mil. Fine. And in other territories um, and things like that, 281.6 mil. Whew. For a total worldwide gross of $402.3 million, <laughs> the budget, 75 mil. Oh my God. So Hundreds they can, of They can do literally anything they want with the third movie. Yeah. That's intense. Yeah. What studio is this? Yeah. Universal. Wow. Good for them. Yeah. They're gonna, um, yeah, they're going to bankroll really, really the most insane movie. And they fucking should. I mean, like, the so the first one made Buku fucking bank, too. Yeah. I don't remember if it was two or three hundred million. This Either one way. still managed to do more than that. Yeah, and I'm sure if you adjust for inflation and stuff, it's probably, like, on par. But, like, still. Oh, I don't give two shits. This that's is still, wild. I mean, that's incredible. And I hope that they... I hope that they reach for the sky and really don't do anything less than everything they want to do with the third one then. Exactly. So, um, which Cher wants to come back for the third one. I know, I heard. Anybody who has been a part of Mamma Mia is like, even, 
even Meryl Streep broke her sequel rule. Yeah. For Mamma Mia 2. Yeah. She's like, you have to do something different with it. You have to do something different with my character, though. Mm-hmm. Because the reason um, that Meryl has given that she doesn't do sequels is because she wants to constantly get into new characters, be new people, vibe yeah, out new which is Yeah, which is a great rule because a lot of people do get typecast. You end up stuck in the same thing. And, like, she's, she's had a very varied career over the course of her life. And right. that's a huge reason why. So Right. But she was like, oh. But these are, again, these are all, like, they're all besties. Yeah. Right? Like, it's not, like, a film obligation. Like, she's just coming back to, like, drink wine with her besties on an island while they film Ava songs. Like, it's, how do you say no to that? Right. It would be like if someone offered us a contract to, like, do all of our favorite things with all of our favorite people for money. Wild. Can you imagine? Wild. Um, so, pre- uh, Peter Bradshaw of The Guardian um, termed this sequel as weirdly irresistible. It's not weird. It's very reasonable. It is very re- But he's like, I I'll fight know, you on it. I don't know why I'm so into this. So into this. Uh, so he gave it a three out of five stars. Um, he described his reaction to the first film as a combination of hives and bubonic plague. But he meaning concedes. It's in, meaning it's infectious and you can't help it. Exactly. Uh, but he concedes that this time the relentlessness of the greater self-aware comedy made him smile. And he concludes, more enjoyable than I thought, but please, enough now. No, never enough. One more. You shut up, Peter Bradshaw. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Mark uh, Kermode of The Observer gave the film five stars and commented, this slick sequel delivers sharp one-liners, joyously contrived plot twists, and an emotional punch that left our critic reeling. Truly, I laugh, I cry, this movie is great. Is everything, frankly. Yeah, I think that's spot on. Right on the nose. Uh, Stephanie Zacharik of Time um, gave the film a mixed review stating, Mamma Mia, here we go again, is atrocious. <laughs> and wonderful. Well, It's I... literally, she's atrocious, period. And wonderful. I don't disagree. Period. I don't disagree at all. It's all the reasons you should never go to the movies... And all the reasons you should race to get a ticket. I agree. That's just what this movie is. That's I just agree. What the, I think this franchise is and what it's about. Yeah. I, I think they, they've managed to tap into some kind of really magical formula where, like, it's not good, but in a way that gets ahead of itself so that you know not, not to keep the bar insanely high. Like, they're like, you're going to come and watch this movie and have a great time. This because is just a good time. Because it's not serious. It's a jukebox musical about ABBA. Like, please calm down. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Ugh. So obviously this was not a stage musical at any right, point. Which, bitch, it should be. There I don't are, give two shits. So there are rumors, now that they've announced they want to do a third one, that they'll do, like, a multi-part kind of evening at the theater where, like, they'll run this show in parts over the course of the week. And you can come back and see each one. And they'll do it in like a sing-along kind of style. Sort of in like a Angels in America meets uh, Rock of Ages kind of setup. Oh. So like you Wait, can... Wait, why Rock of Ages? Because they do sing-along nights with Rock of Ages on tour. Oh, that makes sense. Okay, okay, okay. And you can buy like specific tickets for sing-along nights or not kind of thing. So what's, um, what are those things called? 
What do you mean? Were you? Isn't it like where? Like, is it with the actors in front of? the Oh, screen? like a shadow cast. Shadow you mean? cast. No, no. Is it when, that or is no? It when just Rock like of Ages the, the musical. Yeah, when Rock of Ages the oh, musical okay. goes on tour, they will sell specific uh, sing along nights. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Where okay, like okay. the audience will like they'll project the Which words and you can sing along to the show and some shows just need it. You yeah. know, and it's a big controversy on Broadway right now whether or not you should be allowed to sing along to the show when you're in the audience. And I firmly, firmly believe that you should not. You shouldn't unless it's a designated night. Everybody knows exactly. that that's what's going to happen. And some shows like Mamma Mia, like Rock of Ages, lend themselves to such a thing. And we should acknowledge that and we should we should lean into that and sit into that. Yeah. But if you're going to pay 200 plus dollars for a ticket at a Broadway show, you're coming there to hear a professional sing the show. Yes. That shouldn't be up for debate. Right. Um, so anywho, uh, no, this is not a stage production, um, although there are rumors now that they're going to do like package deals when they have all three shows adapted for the for the stage that you can buy like, you know, just Mamma Mia 1 or all three shows or, you know what I mean? Like yeah. they'll do package kind of thing, which I think would be super cool. But um, in lieu of facts about a stage production, I have for you five facts about Greece. Ooh, give it to me. So these are provided by Trafalgar Tours, or Trafalgar Tours. Mm, Unsure how it's pronounced, but... uh, Number one, no part of Greece is more than 137 kilometers from the ocean. (coughs) It's always right there. Mm, How nice. Uh, Number two, Greece is the third largest olive producer in the world. Do you know what the first two are? I don't. Because they're not Greece, and these uh, are facts about Greece. Italy? Italy is almost certainly one of them. And then maybe, like, Spain or something? Portugal? Or, or maybe something that is, like, completely sideways bonkers right, that we somewhere in the Middle guessed. East that I've never thought of. Um, they produce 2.2 million tons of olives a year. Think of how, like, the fraction of an ounce that an olive is in your hand. I, yep. They produce 2.2 million tons of olives. That's crazy. That's so much. (laughs) Uh, Fact number three. The capital, Athens, has more theaters than any other city in the world. At 148 theaters in the the city of Athens. Wow. Yeah. So we need to bump Athens up our our vacation list because... Greece is high up there. It's pretty high up there. And I think it might have to move to the number one spot. Yeah. 148 theaters. Because it's like the birthplace of Of, the art, right? So like, (laughs) we got to go, we got to go make a pilgrimage to the homeland. All right. Uh, Athens also holds the record for archaeology museums at 110 archaeology museums in the city listen there's nothing i fucking love more on vacay than a little museum yeah a little a little museum a little greek nosh a little a little culture of the area a a little little live theater i mean it checks a lot of boxes a lot of ocean but you know what i mean yeah uh the last fact about greece is that it's actually it actually goes by several names Mm. um on its home turf it's called the hellenic republic oh all right it's also often referred to by its uh, historical names as, uh, and I'm going to get these wrong because they're actually in Greek, um, Gracious or Gracia, Gracia, Gracias. Hmm. Unsure how they're actually. We pre- should figure it's, that out before we go. <laughs> we should. Uh-huh. Or we could be Americans and just call it the Hellenic Republic, which is in English. Oh, that's true. That's, um... People still speak Greek. Isn't that weird? It's like one of the oldest living languages on the planet. Yeah. That's crazy. 
It is, it is cuckoo banana pants. Cuckoo banana pants all the way to the bottom. Let's dive into this plot, Biddies. Right off the bat, we get a Gorgina view. Oh my gosh, the opening, uh, it's like uh, a drone. <laughs> it's like a drone shot that becomes a postcard that Sophie is holding. Uh, Cinema. It's so good. So we learn that the hotel is now called the Hotel Belladonna. Um, I would love to have it. She's just like sitting out on a fucking balcony writing invitations to the grand opening, uh, uh, reopening, I guess, of this hotel. Um, and I'm just like, oh. I've said it a couple of times this month, but if I could touch the ocean once a day, every day, I wouldn't be mentally ill. <laughs> I would be 100% cured. <laughs> And I stand by that. <laughs> well, all right. Um, fun fact. So uh, I, in looking closer at a lot of this, um, the reopening is going to be Saturday, July 7th. Okay. Just, that's it. Thank you for the information. But Were you hoping to go? A, <laughs> but they don't list a year. So you want to go this year. Mm. We need to figure out when... We Maybe we're taking our when. Greek vacation sooner than we thought. Listen, we need to figure out when July 7th lands on a Saturday again. Okay. It's not this Someone year. Someone Google it. It's not this year, that's for sure. No. Um, no, but I think it might actually oh, be Oh, July next year. 7th? Is it next oh. year? Is it next year? Listen, July 4th is a Tuesday. I... Which would make the oh 7th. Oh my God, next year. The 7th is a Friday. Well, we're going to Greece next year then. Next summer, next July. Pack your bags. <laughs> We're going to Greece, Everybody baby. knows where we're going to be next year, <laughs> July 7th. Anywho. Uh, anyway. I so, love that I love that um, we start this movie with the song that played like over the credits from the last movie. Mm-hmm. I think that's so clever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I do still hate the song. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I don't even have it written down. So. <laughs> um, and she. Uh, it's so thank Sophie you for the music, is, isn't it? Yes. So yeah, Sophie, I hate this song. Yeah. So Sophie is writing out invitations and she writes one to grandma. I think she just calls her Graham. Oh, it's grandma. Doesn't she just write Graham on the invitation? No. I. Oh, maybe I looked down after she finished the M. Okay. Um, That's very possible. uh, And I don't pause the movie like you do when I take notes. Like I literally, I just, I I just look down and write. Well, you, you notate the whole plot. Yeah. I just write down my thoughts as they come to me. Yeah. Which is, yeah. Which is why I do that. Um, so... Oh my god, she's inviting her grandmama, Ruby. Is she though? though? Well, well. Um, And then we find out, oh my god, Donna is dead. Rest in peace. Oh my god, Donna is dead. How is Meryl in this movie? Oh my god, Donna is dead. Um, (laughs) This is for those of you who have not seen the film before. She's credited. She's in the movie. And no, she does not come back to life. Spoilers. I'm letting them know. Zombie Donna would have been a great ending She's to this movie. Did. Listen, we've got a third one coming up. You never know. Um, so, Mamma Mia 3, Zombie Apocalypse. Exactly. Um, so she's having a conversation with the new manager of the hotel. And she's like, oh, I can't believe she's gone. This is so sad. And um, she's like, hey, get these invitations out before they're late. And she quick grabs her grandma's and rips it up. She's like, I'm just I fucking lied, kidding. I'm I not lied. doing that. I don't want it. Um, she hasn't shown up for the past 25 years. I don't know why I'm trying to reach out now. Right. Why do I want her to be part of my life now? Right. I don't. Right. 
So, um, they're like, oh, we got to get going before these things are light. And she's like, oh, mom was late for literally everything. Cut to. Cut to past tense, kids. That's right. We're getting it's like a, a weird, flashback. It's like we get like a prequel inside of future events via flashbacks. I love a flashback. It's it's so cool. It's so cool. Um, so we shift into a graduation day, and it turns out it's Donna. I'm only, and I'm only going to mention this once because they're all really well done, but the transitions from like the past... Oh, I have one more that I am going to talk about when we get to it, but all the transitions from the past to the present are all so elegant. Mm-hmm. They're so well done. Mm-hmm. Like they're perfectly seamless. Mm-hmm. None of them are jarring. I, it's just... I'm only going to gush about it just this one time, but it's Oh, I'm such... going to later. There's a couple that I, that I specifically... There's, all, there's one more that I'm really impressed with that I want to mention, but they're... It's such good direction. Mm. Like, it's perfect. Perfectly executed. Tasty. And this is just the beginning. Yes. So, Donna is graduating from college, and she actually was elected to give the valedictorian address. And, of course, she's late. She pops up on stage, and she's like, listen. She starts to give a speech, and she says, the very best things in life happen unexpectedly. Boom! A song. A song. Lily mm. James, without an accent... She's only half dressed. It really freaks me out. I've only ever known her with an accent, and the actress oh. has an accent. So when you see her in interviews and stuff, like, and you, I can actively hear her covering her accent too this whole movie, which is difficult for me to get past. But it's also kind of campy, and I kind of love it. I. She does feel incomplete to me, though. Literally the entire time. <laughs> So hot. Here we go. She's so pretty. So attractive. Oh my god. Um, and then boom, burst in a song. Which song is it? When I Kiss the Teacher. Love this song. She, her and her two gal pals, the Dynamos, come blasting up. They rip their robes off and stuff. They're in these great costumes. The baby Dynamos. Yes. I love it. Just rocking fucking girl group choreo. Also, this song is gay. This song is very because gay. Because she is talking about when I kiss the uh, teacher. female teacher. And then the chancellor ends up singing in a bit. And she's <laughs> like, oh my God, she taught me so much about life. And I'm like, oh my God. A collegiate affair. Donna, certified bisexual. Oh yeah. That's what I'm here to say. There's a lot of it. There's a lot of it. There's a lot of it everywhere. So Dare I say that I like the music in this one more than the first one? I do. I do. I do. And you want to know why I think that is? Hmm. Because Pierce Brosnan doesn't sing. <laughs> That's not true. Well, he... Like, he does sing a little snippet. He he doesn't sing a song. That's fair. He, it's like a weird reprise thing that he yeah. does. But, but like I, a talk I, sing thing. For me, it's like the song selection. I just like the song choices uh, in Mamma Mia too. Like there's there are ABBA songs that I love more. Oh, that's Does that valid. make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Um, everybody like leaves as they're singing, bike riding. Like, I don't know. How many people do you think that is? God, like a hundred plus. Jesus. Um, the ensemble their... here kicks ass. Yeah, they do. Um, they bike down to like this river thing. The dynamos are on top of this boat and they're dancing, just fucking, just getting it. Hair I, yeah. whipping back and forth. They're not like... Rocking, no. It's, this is not dinner theater dancing, guys. There's, this is this not is half like ass. This is like choreo choreo. They're like really going for it. <laughs> like when you like do like a head like down, snap back up. I mean, your your head is almost touching your back. 
It's like it's good. They're like dance dancing. It, it's they're getting it. They're getting it. I like it. Um, fun fact: the boat that they're dancing on is named the Chikatita. Chikatita, tell me what's wrong. <laughs> it's it's delightful. Um, There's lots of little nuggets and tidbits like that. God, yes. my table is like extra creaky today. <laughs> Sorry about that, everybody. We're on the oh. ocean. <laughs> We're <laughs> on a sound, boat. It's actually surprise. We're actually on a Greek vacation right now. <laughs> um, so the graduation's done they're like oh how fun how cute we're back at Donna's apartment young Donna um, and we find out that her mom didn't show up and she's pissed about that and it's cause her mom is too busy performing and she's like she's like oh I'm gonna I'm not gonna go home and they're like ah the silent treatment yes the dynamos do and she's like <laughs> that'll work She's like, no, I mean, I am not going back home at all. Ever. Ever. And sh- they're like, oh, okay, so are you just going to leave us? Yeah, thanks, the for the, the thanks for the update, She's babe. like, no, I'll, I'll look around and see where we can perform. And then when I land somewhere, we can perform there. You guys can come and da-da-da, whatever. Mm-hmm. So they're like, okay, cool, let's get you packed. And they just start chucking clothes up in the air. Yeah, there's like a quote-unquote... Uh, packing montage. But it's just them throwing panties back and forth. <laughs> it's, just, it's just them like throwing clothes in the air and it's kind of goofy. Um, but they get her to the airport. Fun fact, it is the Heathrow Airport. Fine. Because you can see it on a little sign in the back. And I paused the movie. Okay. And then I looked it up and it's UK's biggest airport. Fine. It's 14 miles west of central London. And it first opened March 25th, 1946. Cool. That's just a random fun fact about I the airport. I think I've been to the Heathrow Airport. It's completely possible. I think when I flew into London, I think that's that must be. Because we landed in London. And they do, that's like the hub of a lot of the international travel that happens. Well, uh, yeah. And we came from mm-hmm. Detroit, I think, was where we took off from. So I, that must be... I think I've been there. Well, look at you. By um, so she steps off the plane and like out of the terminal and then it shifts really well into her stepping into France, like into like downtown Paris. Again, the transitions. Chef's kiss. Very good. We shift back to present day and uh, Sophie's getting the business ready, um, for the grand opening and she's being pulled left, right, sideways, of course. As we've all been there. Right. Day before an event. Right. So she's talking to Sky on the phone and he's in New York. And so we learned that he was offered some sort of internship, something or other for six weeks to learn the hotel business from the best of the best. Yeah. That's what we know about this. Um, and he's like, hey, so I need to talk to you about something. They offered me a permanent job. That's dumb. So here's the thing. Is that you have been with these people for less than six weeks. Yeah. Because he was going to be missing the grand reopening. Right. Because he was going to still be taking these, doing whatever the fuck this is. Right. Doing this New York thing. Um, And he's like, they offered me a job. This is the first time I've ever been in America. Um, But what if I moved here? And also, what if you move here? And she is like, I literally am just opening up a fucking hotel that I rebuilt in my mom's honor. 
Yeah. I know that we've, uh, as a couple, just processed the loss of your mom, and that's probably a lot of grief. And neither of us have any family here. Um, and everything we know and love is actually on that island in, in Greece. But what if we abandoned all of it? Yeah. What? And she's like, yeah, but I did this for my mom. And she, and he's like, yeah, and your mom wouldn't want to live you to live your life for her. And did it out, whatever. She's like, but she lived her life for me. And he's like, that doesn't matter. And, and you can it's just this whole back and forth. And it's like, they've obviously had this fight before and they say as much. Yeah. She's like, I can't keep having this fight with you. And he says something about the fact that like, why? So we're just going to keep bringing up your mom well, thing because she's been dead for a year now. And it's like, why does that, that doesn't, that doesn't fucking, matter. That's irrelevant. It's not like it's been 20 years and it's like not something that she's... Not that it matters after 20 years either. Well, like, I mean, you literally, you it's not like she passed away. You've been running this hotel for 20 years and you, or even, even 10 or even anything. Mm-hmm. And, that and you it's want destroyed to, your life and run you into the ground or like... And you're like, why don't we have this new opportunity? Why don't we get away? It's not that. It's not that, not even close. I mean, I think it's really hard to be Team Sky in this argument, but I don't think you're meant to be. No. I think it's really easy not to be. But they have this argument, and she says, we can't keep having this argument. He says, apparently we can. And she says, yeah, we will until we realize there's nothing left to to fight for. Gooped and gagged. I love that line. It's a great line. And it's, we're really, we're still really early in the plot here. Yep. Uh, and first of all, this argument, because it's so hollow and shallow, you can, this is like the jukebox of it all kind of shining through. Yeah. Where you're like, oh, right. This is a shoehorn jukebox musical where like we build a plot around songs and not the other way around. Yeah. We'll forgive it. Um, but this little glimmer is like, oh, and it's, it's going to be really well written. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, oh, it's good, good. Yeah. Because I think, correct me if I'm wrong, the first movie was a musical first. Yes. And this one they got to write for film. Yes. And it'll hopefully come to the stage when it when it gets there. But you can kind of tell that they were able to like pony up and do like film writing. Mm-hmm. Because it's real good. Yeah. So um, <laughs> then we get the number. I'm, I wrote, oh my God, they're going to break up. We get the number one of us. Um, we get I this love great, this song. It's good. We get this great back and forth between um, between in Calicari with Sophie and in New York with Sky. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting transitions. There's one where she like holds up one of his shirts and like it zooms in on just the shirt and then you see like him putting the shirt on. Yeah, like I said, not a not a transition out of place. Like they just the whole movie is really seamlessly done. The one thing that I will say is I don't super love Sky's voice. I don't That's fair. It's I don't know. It is what it is. Yeah. Um one thing I will say, and you, I notice it particularly in this back and forth duet with them, this movie is noticeably more saturated in color than the last one. Oh, God, yeah. Which is saying something, because the last one had that like brilliant like island filter over everything, so everything was really vibrant. But this one is just like, there's just more color present. Like, and I wonder if some of that has to do with the fact that the business is renovated. Oh yeah, so absolutely. Everything is like new, fresher. and they've had the chance to update color palettes, and they're not working with like ruins, and it's not modeled after anything else. They can kind of make it new in their own way. We're dealing with various locations, and yep. and all those things make a huge difference. But this movie is noticeably more colorful, more saturated, just like palette wise. Yeah, and I love that. Um, now we're on a boat. 
It's the aunties. They're Yay. on their way. Um, so Rosie and Tanya are talking about like, Tanya's like, listen, Rosie, I'm going to need you to hold your shit together. You can't cry every time someone says Donna's name. And then she's and like, she just oh. starts sobbing. And she's like, listen, we are here. We need to bolster Sophie. Bolster, bolster, bolster. Yeah. Um, and she just can't fucking stop. Love we them. learn, um, though, that Harry, uh, because Sophie has now met them down at the dock, mm-hmm. that Harry is in Tokyo and Bill is winning the award for, like, the best Swede or something. Yeah, the best Swede in the world. Yeah, no one is really <laughs> sure what the fuck this award is, but it's very important. And she's like, so yeah. those two can't be here for this reopening, right. but that's okay. No daddies this time around. She still got Sam. Because yeah, he, but, like, moved there and lives there. But that is daddy singular, not daddy's plural. Yes. No daddies. No daddies. Um... And we also learned that Rosie and Bill are no longer a thing. Yeah, they fell out. They're not together. <gasps> Gooped and gagged. I know. We find out later. Shocking. They, yeah. They ask, hey, did you invite your grandma? Because... Because she's a bitch. Did you... I know that you just lost your mom, so maybe you're trying to like reconnect with things. But she sucks. But she's Don't awful. Invite her what if things. you didn't? <laughs> um, and she's like, no, I decided not to. She hasn't been seen outside of Las Vegas for decades. That fucking <laughs> sent me. Sent me. Like I said, Cher just shows up to play Cher. Yeah. There is no character involved. <laughs> Whatever. Um, so they're on their way back to the hotel. And the hotel manager... Senor Sin Fuegos mm-hmm. um, runs into Sophie and he's like, hey, by the way, here's an update on things, blah, 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 blah. Um, and Tanya and Rosie are like, oh, oh my, my God. God. Um, Tanya specifically says, be, be still my beating, beating vagina. vagina. <laughs> but like, so quiet, she's just so quietly, just be still my beating vagina. Oh my God. And it takes you so like, the first movie is so aggressively family-friendly, and up to this point, this has also been very, like, cutesy right. family entertainment until this line where you're like, oh! Screaming. <laughs> Scream laughing. Um, this guy's got fucking riz for days. Oh, I know you absolutely. hate that word, but I, I think that's that the word. only word you can use here. He Listen, is so delicious and tasty. Fernando Sinfuegos is such an attractive man. And he's like... Uh, Tanya's like, sin fuegos. That means hundred fires. And so then Rosie, um, (laughs) Rosie and Tanya start fighting over the hundred fires. Yeah, they're trying to divvy them up. She's like, oh, I'll I'll split you 50-50. 90-10. And then she says 60-40. And she's like, 80-20 last offer. Just fucking ridiculous. I love them both so much. Me too. And you can tell, you can tell the entire time they're on screen together that they're just besties shooting the shit. Yeah. Like, were they given a script? Sure. Do they care? Nah. No. No, no, no. Um, and at one point he says that like Rosie has the courage of a lion, the passion of a panther, and the wisdom of a flamingo. <laughs> and she's like, oh, and Tanya's just like, are flamingos? Wise and Rose is like, shut up, he's talking. <laughs> I, I just, mean, I just love the two of them so much. It's such effervescent chemistry. Like it's they're so good together. It's so good. Um, 
So we're shifting back to the ye olden days. Flashback. Flashback. Um, Donna is walking into this little hotel and she's like, oh, no one's around. I'm going to see if I can steal a set of keys because I'm broke and I need a room. Yeah, she's trying to trying to score a free room at this little Parisian place. I fucking love this outfit she's wearing. It's one of my favorite faves. Mine too. Harry comes busting down the stairs in a robe and he's trying to speak half French at her. Yeah, because she's behind the desk. So he's like, like uh, this woman works here and he's like, in French, uh, he's just saying, hey, um... I accidentally locked myself out of my room. Can you please let me back in? But it's so clunky and it's so precious and cute. And by the time he gets through the entire phrase, which takes a million and eight years, it feels like (laughs) he smiles like, "Ah, I did it. I did the thing. I did a good job. I communicated in French. Those French lessons were worth it. (laughs) Um, And she is just like, I'm sorry. uh, I didn't get that. Could you repeat that? So he starts again in French and, and then, then he falters. And he's like, wait a minute. <laughs> what a silly goob. Um, and he's like, I could call the police. And she's like, but I'd what if you, you didn't? didn't? And he's like, well, they probably couldn't understand my French anyway. Hardy har har har. They go off and have a walk. <laughs> yuck, yuck, yuck. Um, Harry also has this clunky moment of like, hey, what if you moved your bag to your other arm? As they're like walking and talking. Because he I'm wants to hold her hand. Trying to romance you, bitch. And it's like, you could have taken her bag from her to carry it and then held hands. For all the riz that Sinfuego has, Harry has none. Negative. <laughs> negative riz. Um, and so, like, they're walking and then the background view shifts exactly the way they are into a painting in the restaurant they're sitting in. When I tell you these transitions... I mean... They're so good. And again, it's because we got to do everything for cinema first instead of the other way around like right. we did for the first one. But but like they're all so tasteful and mm. so well done. Mm. So good. So she's talking about the fact of like, hey, I'm going to go to Calicari. Um, it's back in the day, they used to think, thought if you sailed past Calicari, you'd fall off the edge of the earth. And that sounds like the place for me. This whore's a Sagittarius and you can't convince me otherwise. <laughs> Um, I just, between her being like, no, no, guys, I'm not abandoning you. I'm just going to go travel the world and then like, let you know where I land if we can perform somewhere. (laughs) Um, that's Sagittarius. You can't. Absolutely it is. mm, Anyway. Is this, uh, on this little walk and and things in this scene, is this where uh, Harry has that bitchin' leather jacket on? Yes. All of, all of this section is when he's got that leather jacket on. There is no possible way to look at Harry in that outfit and not see a bisexual. He's giving off very, very bisexual vibes. It's big European bisexual vacation vibes. Yeah. Like, how? I don't know that you can see it. And and first of all, I do think that that jacket is iconic. Yeah. There are a lot of moments in this film where someone is wearing something like kind of inherently iconic. Like, the looks are all so signature. Mm-hmm. But they all still seem to kind of bleed together and meld together to create a really cohesive picture. Um, we're going to talk about them in just a minute, and then I want to mention the costume designer, but let's get to the next plot point. Um, so, she's talking about that. Harry's like, hey, so if you're leaving, I'm going to be leaving soon. Let me propose something to you. What if we fuck? 
thoughts? He doesn't say it like that. No, you know. he says it clumsily like an idiot. Yeah. But. Um. And she's like, no, I'm not going to have a romance. My mom had a romance back in the day. It doesn't end well for our family because it yeah. was some dude in Central <laughs> Historically, America. Historically, it sucks for us. And then he's like, um, but what if you did because I'm a virgin? And she laughs and she's like, oh, oh, oh fuck, you're, you're serious. serious. Um, also, there is a piano player in this Parisian restaurant and he is playing... Our last summer. Our last summer. Yes, he is. The only thing coming to mind was, uh, I know what you did last summer. And I was like, that's not a song. <gasps> great movie. Oh, I love that movie. Anyway. Too bad that's not a musical. That's a great movie. Carla, what do you think of the piano player? Mmm. <gasps> he heard a door slam. You should have seen his head just click. Oh, he's in predator mode now. She's like, I'll fucking find you. <laughs> um, Carlo, calm down, honey. We'll get back to us with your uh, viewpoint in a moment. Yeah. Um, so we snap into the song Waterloo. Justice for Waterloo is served. I'm so fucking glad because I loved that goddamn song. And then I they snapped it at the song. end of this. Yeah, and in the first movie, it's it's like a it's in the bow, I think. It's in like the It is the call. bow, yeah. Um Waterloo is like my favorite ABBA song of all time. It's mm. I'm so glad that justice mm-hmm. is served and that we get like a fun, big, colorful ensemble number out of it here. And it just, it's so fun. The goofy choreo, everything is silly. I just, you can't, you can't watch this and not be like, this is just fucking ridiculous in the best way possible. It's so goofy. And, and again, we have like a big ensemble here. Lots of really like colorful, iconic period pieces. We're very like nestled into like the seventies kind of look of it, but like the seventies overseas. Mm-hmm. So it's very like mod forward. I love it. it. It's such a, such a wonderful niche period moment. Um, Michelle Clapton is the costume designer here. Mm. She is also known for doing things like game of Thrones, the crown Kingsman, so this like very European, well-studied historical moment is very in her wheelhouse. Um, and she does it to a T here because, again, we have – it looks like an ensemble, right? No one stands out necessarily. Um, no one draws focus is what I mean, I guess. But everyone is still wearing like recognizable, iconic pieces. There isn't like any kind of blend of them, do you know what I mean? I don't know yeah. if I'm articulating that the way I mean it, but they all look like individuals, but as a whole picture, they still look like an ensemble, which is so difficult to pull off. <laughs> Fuck you too. Get bent in your opinions. I know someone just honked at us. I don't know if it picked up on the mic or not, but um, I love her work. Um, she's also done some of my personal favorites. Um, she costumed the Nevers on HBO, which is like a Victorian sci-fi drama. One of my favorites, it's got some really iconic, like, reinvented Victorian looks, which are so, so cool. She also costumed one of my favorite movies of all time, Love and Other Disasters, starring Brittany Murphy. One of my favorite movies ever, and again, has the same vibe where, like, it's it's staged, like, in the fashion industry, so it's got all these, like, really iconic, gorgeous, well-studied pieces but also everyone looks like an ensemble all the time and like it's subversive and like she just does some really phenomenal work and it shines super brightly here. Michelle Clapton is doing the damn thing this whole movie. Yeah. Love her work here. 
So it's just, it's a fun, goofy time. Great choreo. They sit back down and they go like they're going to kiss and they like almost smack noses. And I definitely think that that was like an accidental thing, but I loved it. <laughs> but we kept it. I loved it. Um, it just kept the realness of it. They banged. For sure. Well, because we like the next view is like up Them over bed their together, bed yeah. naked. And then it, uh, Harry says, did you enjoy? No, don't answer that. Uh, which I think is hilarious. And then he's like, no, wait, I do want to know. And she's like, it was lovely. She's over it. She's over it. And is like, well, at least I can, I can sleep here. Thanks. All right. Flash forward. Sophie is in bed with the aunties. They must have fallen asleep, chit chatting, whatever. Um, she gets up and she gets changed. She heads out and is talking with Papa Sam. Yeah. Um, I wrote, thank goodness the hot tone deaf dad is here. <laughs> we don't get any of the other dads, just the just the worst singer one. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. Um, so she shows up and she's really panicked about the opening and if she's going to make her mom proud. Mm-hmm. And she's like, we got moussaka for millions. I want to know what <laughs> moussaka is. Yeah, someone link us a recipe. Um, we should Google that. Between this and pilaf, we'll be able to open a, a do a, our own recipe book by the end of the year. There you go. <laughs> they're having a conversation, and I love the fact that they're having a conversation about how difficult loss is. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a wonderful little moment after having such a fun, funky, goofy number. Mm-hmm. Um, what I will say about Pierce Brosnan being here is that he lends a real, a real touching sincerity to the film. Right. Which I love. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's touching and it's lovely. And he's like, no, it's going to be great. And she goes off to put out fires. Right. Um, he pulls out old pictures of Donna and he uh, s- sings the Sings SOS, which is the number they duetted. Yes. Um, but it's just like a like a little like low key, low in his red it's like, oh, so when you're near me, darling, can't you hear me? Kind of thing instead of like him actually singing it. Yeah, no, it's great. He's tone deaf and singing. No, it's great. <laughs> Super grateful for it. Thanks, everybody. Um, it's actually which I think is funny that we're a little flip floppy here in this moment. Um, but I, I think it's fine because I think it's, it's fine. a, it's, it's a, Oh, it, it's, it's fine because it's dead. a, it's a sentimental moment. So I will, if it was a it. whole musical number with him, like full singing, it would have been terrible. Truly. Awful. Just God awful. But he just kind of mumbles it to himself and it yeah. is very sweet. So yeah. I'll allow it. Yeah. <laughs> and he pulls out old pictures of Donna and I, I, I just think it's cute that he's like looking through the stuff and you know, whatever. Um, we flip back to the old, um, the prequel story, <laughs> the Sorry. past, the past, <laughs> uh, and she's so Donna is like bolting for the fairy and she's dropping clothes left and right and she's like, oh, fuck, I'm going to miss this. The passport guy is like, your hair is your hair is longer. I prefer it shorter. The passport guy is kind of a bitch. He is, and he continues to be a bitch, uh, which I am kind of like, <laughs> why not? Um, <laughs> Are you kind of? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so she runs into Bill, and he's like, 
hey, she's like, hey, you've got a boat. And they do this whole like talking about like a like a person in like third person kind of like, yeah. oh, what if I met a guy and he happened to have a boat and he could take me to this island? And he's like, oh, what, what if he could? And this, that, the other thing. And he's like, what if he was really, really attractive and blah, blah. And she's like, He's passable, but he has a boat. <laughs> I was like, fucking Donna, love you. I do thoroughly disagree. Bill is absolutely the hottest of the younger dads. I don't think so. Oh my God. I don't think His so. Eyes I are think Sam so is the hottest pretty. of the young dads. Well, great. We don't have to split a man. There we go. Love that for us. Um, His eyes are realistically, so brilliant and Realistically, I'm into Donna more than anybody. So. <laughs> um, so I feel he, like me and Harry are going to go discover something prematurely. Ho ho! <laughs> ho ho! Uh, so she gets on the boat and he's just risen the riz right out of her. Yeah, and I mean, truly, I'm so thoroughly team Bill by the end of this interaction. Like, I'm just like, God fucking you son of a bitch. <laughs> See, the How thing dare is, you be so charming? Yeah, it's the, irritating. The thing is, when men charm you, you, you are disgusted. Yeah. When men charm me... I'm disgusted that I'm attracted to it, which is... (laughs) When men charm me, I am charmed. Mm. Mm. (laughs) Like, bad pickup lines work on me. I just... And I'm not sorry about that. (laughs) Anyway, so she's like, oh my God. So you're one of two... Men are always one of two kinds of seducers. Either um, they belittle a woman because they are the aggressor and they are shitty. Or... The second, way more dangerous kind, is that you genuinely fall in love with every single girl and then fall right back out of it the next day. Oof. And he's like, and then that kind of leads into why did it have to be me? I love this I love this number. It's very fun. We haven't gotten all of them yet, but I also do think that um, Bill maybe gets like the, well, that's not true because Harry gets Waterloo. I was going to say Bill gets the best dad song. They're, I don't know. They're evenly matched, I guess. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wow, good for them. This movie really swings, yeah. This movie swings hard. <laughs> yeah, it does. Um, also, fun fact: um, she Donna like does that like arrow thing, the mm-hmm. releasing of the arrow at Bill, mm-hmm. which is the same thing that Sophie does to Sky. Yeah. In the movie. In the first one. Yeah. Nah. So cute. Nah. Like um, mother, like daughter. <laughs> well, um. And then Harry shows up and is like gonna run after Donna, and he's like, fuck "Oh you fuck, are, I'm bitch. I'm late." And Bill's like, "Listen, I want to have sex, cool, but in a more charming way than that." Cool. And she's like, Ha-ha. "No, you're giving me a, a ride on your boat. That's what we're doing." Yeah. So they're be booping around, and then they hear someone shouting. It's Alexio, which is this random fucking guy that ends some, up coming back later. Yeah, he's some beefy little Italian man on a little, like, jet ski Greek thing. Man? Oh, maybe he is Greek. Yeah, I don't know. Greek yeah. and Italian men look so much alike. Well, they're neighbors. Yeah, they are. <laughs> Geography, son! <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't even know if they're, like, right. I don't, oh, my whatever. God. Um, He's wearing a wig, and it's terrible. <laughs> Alexia is. Yeah. Yeah, he is. Um, because his facial hair, even though they were like, we're going to shave it off. First of all, you can tell that like they had like freshly shaven it off because his skin tone doesn't match. Yeah. And the bits of hair that you can see are gray. So I just, 
this is ridiculous. They're trying so hard to make him young, but it's just not working. No, because he comes back later as an older guy. So yeah. anyway. But again, like it's kind of camp and like you go in kind of knowing Yeah, that. it's just so stupid it's, and it's like, it's not okay, like, fine. It's not like in the moment you're watching it and you're like, oh, this took me completely out. What a terrible choice. You're like, ah, oh, yes. They put this grown like, man in a wig and like, called him 22 because we're in a Mamma Mia musical. Yeah. Like, so... We find out that he's like, hey, I'm in love with this girl, Apollonia. I'm poor, but hot and in love with her. And she's in love with me. But her dad is like, no, you have to marry this really fugly dude that's got a lot of money. He's like, but I want to go stop it. But my engine stopped working on my boat. So they pull him to where the dock is. Oh, my God. Apollonia and her family's there. She's he, about to be like, she's in a wedding dress. She's yeah. about to be like given away. Yeah. And uh, he's like, Apollonia. And like jumps off the boat like a fucking idiot. And he's like, Bill's like, we could have pulled in to the fucking dock. Why did you do this? <laughs> he and has he's a like, speech about like, some things are worth, uh, worth risking it for. And he's like, just to be clear, they are, but you didn't have to. You didn't have to this time. It's a, it's a distinction that we should make. This is dumb. <laughs> Um, and, and then, and then Apollonia is like, oh my God, Alexio. And she books it and jumps off the fucking dock. Now, while this is so, so romantic, yeah, the choice to swim in a wedding dress is categorically a bad one. And is all genuinely is dangerous. Cause for a while, yeah. for a while there, like those wedding shots were like all the rage. Everybody wanted that shot of them. Like jumping into the water together in the water, blah, blah, blah. Until people realized that that much fabric on bigger wedding dresses being weighed down by water could kill you. Even if fabric only holds its weight in water, which most do much more More than than that, that. even if a dress only holds its own weight in water, you're going to double the weight of a dress. So let's say... Of a wedding dress. Right. And I, I, the average wedding dress is like, I don't know, 20, 30 pounds. Yeah. If you get like a... Something beaded or like with any or kind any of... any volume. Yeah. I mean, and you're going to you're gonna double, if not like triple or maybe even quadruple the weight of that dress. You're going to fucking drown. Mm-hmm. So while it is so, so, so romantic. Right. The choice to swim in a wedding dress is categorically... Bad. Yeah, don't do it. <laughs> don't fucking do this. Um, also, Bill is like, oh my God, I don't think she can swim either. Takes off his shirt, leaves his shoes on, and jumps into the water. Yeah. <laughs> I liked it. <laughs> the shirt, fine. You kept your shoes on? I am team Bill. Why wouldn't you just keep... Whatever. I'm, anyway. I'm <clears throat> an extra special team shirtless Bill. Oh, of course you are. Huge fan. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, we're back in present day and this section here gets really back and forth rapidly. Yeah. Yeah. This is the other like really smooth transition that I wanted to mention because I was so impressed by it. Um, so, uh, uh, Senor Sinfuegos, um, is talking to Sophie and about, cause he's like, okay, I know that you're having issues with Sky, you know, whatever. And she's Mm -hmm. like, but you could, but... But things, love finds way, things find way. And he's like, yeah, well, that died out for me long ago. So we kind of find out that he also had, like, a lost love at one point. So dramatic. 
Um, and he stops and she's like, what's going on? And he's like, I think that there's a storm coming. Yeah. Um, he does that Midwest thing where he like sniffs the air. And like looks into the <laughs> distance. He's like, mm, a storm's mm, a, storm. a brewing. Um, and Bill, in the past, uh, drops off Donna at the docks and says, hey, I'll be back in three weeks. I'll check on you, see if you need a ride back, see, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, see if I can finally get you to fuck me then. Um, <laughs> and then he stops and he's like, ooh, I think a storm's coming. And she's like, no, it's literally a perfectly clear day. And he's like, mm, no, I think it's going to rain. Trust trust me on this. I think a big storm's coming. Um and she's like, oh, fucking, okay. So we get this really hard back and forth of what the building looks like, right? Yeah. Because we get because Donna they, approaching What's happening it for the is the storylines are converging on each other. Yeah. For a moment here. Yeah. So we see Donna exploring and discovering it. We see Sophie showing um, Tanya and Rosie around. And yeah. they're like, how did she have a vision for this place when she first saw it. Yeah. Um, so, so the, the transition that I love the most out of this is Sophie walking up the stairs with Tanya and Rosie. And then they like cross a threshold and there's like a hedge next to it. And we kind of like camera pan through the hedge. And the other side is Donna walking into like, like what was the hotel, like this ramshackle destroyed wood stone like it's all it's just garbage like it's and it's such a seamless transition up the staircase i it totally blindsided me it's so eloquent and well executed and then the rest of the quote-unquote tour that uh sophie gives pans back and forth to donna discovering this space that becomes the hotel yeah and all the while donna is singing i have a dream which I prefer this meaning behind this song. Me too, me too, me too. Versus the first movie. It's such I an think... incredible recontextualization. Yes. So, and the thing is, there's a couple of songs here that we use in both movies, right? There's a handful of them. But all of them are done to such wonderful splendor. Like, there is not a wasted moment. And it makes, that, that's why I love this second one so much more. Because even the songs that I like from the first movie are still present in the second one in, like, better ways. In more grandeur. Yeah. And that's so impressive. Yeah. Um, so then the storm happens simultaneously, both in the past and the present. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So during all of this, um, Donna is like... Oh my God, it's a storm. How fun. And then it gets scary Uh and she's still like searching around and she finds a horse that like a bunch of the building then collapses in and traps this horse in. This poor horse tethered in a basement somewhere. Right. And so she runs off to find someone and she comes across Sam. I need to know who left this horse to die. Sophia. Terrible. I think actually she stepped down into a lower portion because of like the rocks and things. Yeah. But that's actually just the stable barn area that leads out to ground. To somewhere else. Yeah. And I, I, when we find the horse, I'm under the impression that whoever owns the horse is like not currently on the island because we haven't seen another person on the island yet. Right. Right. Um, she hasn't like gone into town yet or, you know, whatever. 
Um, so, but of course, Sophia's still alive, so I guess it makes sense that she she maybe didn't abandon her horse, but I was mad about it. Yeah. I was like, call um, Peta. <laughs> well, um, so Sam helps her get the horse. They tag team this. It's precious. They fall in love. How great. Um, we go back to present day. All of the decorations, all of the everything that everyone works so tirelessly The opening for, is ruined. It's just, is fucked. Awfully. Um, we flip back to the past and we get um, Sam and Donna kind of having a little chitty chat about their lives and how they ended up there, right? They're, they're a little getting to know you. And he's like, well... Back home, my life is all mapped out, um, and I really need to escape from it and not be there. And Donna's like, my life has no map. Fuck all of this. They're like in town now, looking at little shops, doo 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 That um, market looks like it slaps. Oh, fuck yeah. I mm-hmm. bet Greek street markets are like the bomb.com. Yeah. I want to go. Yeah. Well, Put here the we street again. market on the, on the vacation list. Um, so... Donna is talking about the fact, like, she's kind of bringing up her mom, and and he's and she's like, oh yeah, she's a performer. She's saying sweet as sugar cane, you know, <laughs> kind of vibe. And he's like, oh, here's a dress that I think would look lovely, lovely on you. Turns around, and Donna is in overall. She's like, you don't know me at all. Yeah, the overall look is iconic. Yeah, it's, it's iconic. It's an Donna. iconic Donna moment. Yep. Um. It feels like watching the birth of a star. <laughs> yeah. So they end up in this bar uh, listening to uh, Lazarus and the band sing <laughs> Kisses on Fire. <laughs> um, and uh, I'm going to need turns, you to cover that song immediately. Kisses on Fire burning. <laughs> anyway, so um, Sam's like, hey, so about my life, life being mapped out. Um... Yeah, I got to tell you something about that. Oh, there's something before that, though. They have a conversation about parents. Oh, and, oh yeah. about family and what's yeah, waiting yeah, back yeah. home and why she doesn't have anything waiting right. back and home. Donna has a, a moment where she's like, my mom's not really present. And like, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm I'm fine. She's like, I'm not sad about it. Like, it's I'm fine. It's yeah. not I, it's not a sob story. I'm not like trying to get sympathy from you. But like, my mom's not in my life. And like, it is what it is. And she even mentions like, I'm not blaming her. Like, it's not easy being a mother if it were fathers would do it. Yeah. And I love that line. Yeah. Again, the writing is the expectation so good. Of women and blah, Oh, blah. for sure. I for just sure, it's just, sure. there's a lot there. Anyway. Um, so he's like, hey, so um I gotta tell you I'm engaged. I gotta tell ya. Doesn't get the chance. Um and she's like, Oh, wait a minute. And then she goes, Woo and is a woo girl, same Donna. <laughs> um relatable content. And Lazarus is like, Oh, Someone in my bar enjoying my music. Hello. Um, also, her pants. I want those pants. Love. Everything that fucking young Donna wears, I'm like, yes, please. Okay, well, when we pack for the vacation, let's just now make I sure I'll, yep. I'll find some fabric. We'll make you some pants. Perfect. Um, she is talking to him about like, hey, so I have a band. Can could they we come si- sing Could here? we sing here sometime? And he's like, well, are you any good? And then... Sam recycles a line. She sings as sweet as sugar cane. And winks. And winks at her. Uh, swoon. Mm. Um, she's like, I mean, yeah. Still team Bill, though. And 
he's like, hey, well, yeah. <laughs> so he's like, hey, why don't you come up and sing? And she's like, oh, I can't do, I can't do that. It just like that or something like that. Um, and he's like, yeah, get up here, do the thing. Yeah. And, and he says, no, no, everything just like that. That's how it works here on this island. Yeah. And we get the number Antante Antante. Saucy, saucy, oh. saucy. Let me be the velvet of the night. Oh! Her Andante is God medicinal. Damn. It's so soothing. It's so good. Um, the bass guy in the band looks like Mark Ruffalo's brother. That, and kind of sounds like him. That, no, that is Mark Ruffalo. Yeah, you he, can't... He, he plays the bass. He he does. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um. So, she's hired! Yay! Exciting! And then we kind of get like Andante Andante um, as like... Her and Sam are walking into the night and then we don't know what happens except we do because they do in in fact fuck. Um, The next day, they're rowing out on a rowboat and Donna's like, hey, so I need to talk to you about something and I hope this doesn't sound crazy. But um, I do in fact uh, want to stay here. I was being serious. Not only that, I think you should stay here and say, fuck your life, because why would you go back to something that you don't want to do? Okay, well, here's the scoop I tried to tell you earlier, but I am engaged. But he didn't. But he didn't say that. Oh, someone should say something. But he didn't say that. Someone Um, say something! Especially now that they've fucked, because she's like, hey, so... And the reason that we know that is because she's like, hey, so that thing that I did last night with you, I don't typically do that that quickly. I mean, I've kind of been making a low-key habit of it recently, but like it is not necessarily that kind of thing. Um, But what it all boils down to is she's like, I hope I'm not, you don't think that I'm crazy for saying this and I hope you do stay. And he was like, let's just say that I don't think it's crazy. And she says, that's good enough for now. And he takes pictures, and those pictures are the pictures that current day Sam is looking at. Yeah. Isn't that precious? So I absolutely romantic. love that. Romantic. Romantic. And when they are discussing things of like him being like, oh, I don't think it's that crazy, but also like not saying the thing, the um, underscore is playing name of the game. Let me tell Which you, I think is fucking the brilliant. underscoring in this movie is so effective and clever and brilliant. <clears throat> like it's always meaningful. Yeah. And I love that. Yeah. Um, so the storm really, really fucked some shit up in the present day. And Sophia is freaking out and she's like, I'm going to let down my mom. And I'm, I'm just partially like, what does it matter if you have to push it back a couple days? Because none of your guests can get there. None of the band can get there. You need to clean everything up. Why can't this be pushed back a couple days? Is that okay? What's what's the thing? Other than just creating conflict. Like, and, girly pop, and I know your hotel is on an island in the Mediterranean. Weather happens. What are you going to do about it? That's called an act of God, and insurance covers that. So, like, get over it. Right. Um... <laughs> And she's talking to Sam and is like, hey, I don't want to let my mom down. And he's like, you genuinely, anything that you could do, you wouldn't let her down. And she's like, you don't know that. And he's like, no, I do because I let her down.
entering when in we get this really great bass and then ding 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 and oh, we this get really great bass yeah sorry you spoke so quickly i was like bass i in. literally have no idea what you just well, said well thank god i did it at your face yeah thank goodness um and then we get the uh number name of the game i love this song yeah especially here i think it's great um it also feels such like such effortless storytelling and we talked about this in the first uh, Mamma Mia episode, how like all of Abba's songs are so conversational that they really lend themselves to this kind of format. But I, especially in this moment, I think we're seeing it like in action. Yeah. And quick reminder that when they were in the boat, this is what was playing underneath when mm-hmm. Sam and Donna were in the boat together. Right. Uh, again, all of the underscoring kind of like either harkens back to the first movie or tells us something coming up. Like, it's all very intentionally used, which is great. Is very good. Um, and she's writing in her diary. The same diary from the first movie. And I love that, because this is, like, the one and only time that we see the diary. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that they they tied that little, little section in. Is it the same diary? Like, is it, like, the same it, prop? It looks... It looks exactly like the same diary. Nice. So I, I just, I really like that. Those little details really. I wonder make if they held important. onto it for ten years and used it again, or if they recreated it so it would look the same. I'd be curious. Hmm. Maybe someone stole it and then they were like, "Yeah, hey, can right." We like maybe that back real quick. Yeah, maybe it was like a cute prop that they were like, "Well, if this meant something to you, you can take it home." And they like kept it in a like a shadow box or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. I wonder. I don't know. Um. So she's writing the diary. I love that. Um, she's meandering down the path of of things. She's getting oranges for the morning orange juice. She comes across a goat. The goat is Satan. Well, it's because he's got those eyeballs. Yeah. And then it chases after her, which That's why it's very Satan. funny. Um, I love this orange skirt. Me too. Moment that she's the movement on that thing. You gotta be Beautiful. kidding me. Beautiful. You gotta be kidding me, baby. So she comes back um, to make said orange juice. She opens a drawer and <gasps> she finds a picture. Mm. A picture of Sam and a woman. Woman. A hot woman. A beautiful woman who a looks very happy with him. And he looks happy. And she is like, hey, mind telling me who the fuck this is? Okay, He's so here's like, the scoop. Don't be mad, but I am engaged. Don't be mad. Yeah. Don't be, don't be upset. And she's like, oh. Fuck you. And he's like, no, 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 we need to talk about this. And she's like, I only have three questions for you. And then she rattles off like, She okay, says, are you engaged? Yes. Did you, did you tell me no? I forget what the third one is. And but I forget. I, yeah, she, I mean, it's very pointed. She's like, fuck you. I thought we were going to like start a new life together on this island because we were both running from things and you made me love you and fuck you. Yeah. And then we get Knowing Me, Knowing You. Oh. Great song. Oh. I mean, it's go- it's so good. Oh. So delicious. <laughs> <laughs> um, he leaves. Sam leaves. Bye, Sam. Bye, Sam. Get wrecked. You big pile of garbage. Uh, which is... Spoiler what? alert, you can't sing when you grow up, you big sack of garbage. <laughs> you really can't dance either. No, you really um, can't. But that's You fine. are Pierce Brosnan, though, so, like... Well, It's yeah, not... I know, it hasn't like, all gone wrong, but, like... <laughs> um, 
<laughs> you actor, you as also Sam become Pierce Brosnan the actor, but also yeah. Sam. So good job there, but also. <laughs> yeah. So that's the story that Sam was being like, I let her down because yeah, I had a fiance and didn't tell her. Yikes. You big bag of... Dicks? I was going to try and come up with a word that was meaner, but I couldn't. I... I... I, I was going to use the C word, but I thought that'd be too forceful in this moment. Uh, yeah, that's a little forceful. <laughs> um, so, flash forward. We're in Tokyo with Harry, present day. He's... He is falling asleep during contract <laughs> negotiations. Literally asleep at the desk. They're in... They're 14 hours deep into this fucking conversation. Um, And he's like, no, I'm good. No, it's fine. It's, yep, let's keep going. Because it's going to turn his company into, like, the number one company in Europe and possibly the world. I don't fucking know. Because he he still works at a bank? Is that what he's doing? I don't know. He's working at a bank, a family man, a football fan. And his name is Harry? Yeah. I don't the absolute fuck all if I know. Well, okay. Um, either way. Either way. So, um, he comes across this one guy that's in negotiations of pictures of his family. And he's like, oh, is that your family? Yeah. They're the most important thing to me. And he's like, oh, you're right. And he has this moment and he's like, um, yeah, Sophie's the best thing in my life. Goodbye. And then he just dips. He dips because he's like, listen, contract negotiations, it's going great. Make whatever changes you want. He has other representation there. Yeah, yeah. He's very like, he quick nods and lets himself out of the room. And he was like, whatever you decide is fine. I got to go. Yeah, because he, and he says, there's no use climbing the ladder if it's on entirely the wrong wall. I love that line. Great line. It's it's a a good one. Turns out. Bill is on his way, too. He has his twin brother up there accepting the award. Yeah, they do this thing where Bill plays both his twin and himself, obviously. Like, that's Mm -hmm. the obvious thing to do. But they put him in a fat suit to play his twin, Mm -hmm. which is not the thing to do. I mean, I... I don't know. I don't know why you would, other than, like, yeah, twins can physically look different yeah but like he uses a different voice and everything like you could have just given him like a different eye color isn't that way cheaper than a fat suit the absolute fuck all if i know i would have been fine with a with a different accent and like colored contacts and it's important to note at this point that we haven't seen bill yet no like physically have not seen bill yet so when we see that we're like oh that's bill yeah I don't know. We are on we're on principle against fat suits here. And it doesn't make any yeah, I don't know. Doesn't contribute anything, and even if it did, I bet there were other ways to contribute what you thought you were contributing. So uh negative points for you there. Um but Bill's on his way, he got his twin brother to accept the ward. And Um, his twin (laughs) brother's telling a story about a He's like he's like, Hey mom, make sure because he's on the phone with his mom that's at the awards and um he's like, Hey, can you please make sure that he doesn't tell the story about the goat? And he's like, I have a really amusing story that, that I, I think, think you'll, you'll find, find very, very amusing. amusing. It's about a goat. <laughs> and I'm like, this is fucking ridiculous. Anyway, he's on his way. The papas are in motion. 
Donna is realizing because she's at the at the bar. She's like, I don't know what to do. I've been staying at this farmhouse. Her the dynamos are there. Mm-hmm. She's like, Sam fucked off. I've been staying in this farmhouse. I don't know who owns it. My life is kind of like up in the air and a bit here. I don't I don't fucking know. But they have a gig at the bar. So they're there and she's like, I just don't know how to sing about love if I'm not feeling it. Oh, drama. I'm like, you have a gig. Sing the number. Yeah, get on stage. Good Jesus age. And they're like, okay, Donna, well, sing about what you are feeling. And then we get the number, Mamma Mia. I said, you better juke that box, Lily James. Horn that shoe in, you, baby. <laughs> you betcha. <laughs> um, they have really fun pants. They do have they, fun pants. They do have fun pants with the fun flare and ruffles. and. I like every iteration of the Dynamo look. Yeah. I think it's always good. It's so much fun. And what a joy in the second movie that they were like, what if we did like 18 different Dynamo looks across the ages? And they all mean something so specific, like the look when they're at the graduation at the very top and they're in their Dynamo costumes, they're like very clearly like found pieces. It's just all very thoughtful. And I love each and every Dynamo look. I love them so much. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, every, like, people, uh, the guy that I'm not gonna, Lazarus, um, calls in people off the street and he's like, hey, come listen to this band, isn't it great? You know, da da da, everybody's jazzing. They're up on top of the bar dancing. Uh, Donna accidentally gets pushed off the edge of the bar and who's there to catch her but Billiam. It's Bill too, Electric Boogaloo. It's Bill. And he's like, hi, so we know it's been three weeks. Round two, Yeah. Because when he dropped her off, he was like, I'll be back. Check in, on you in, in three weeks. In three weeks. Yep. So he's back. And I was so confused because, you know, originally in the diary, the first time, like in the first movie, she's like, I slept with all these men in such a such a brief amount of time. It was three days back to back. Blah, 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 blah. And then she meets Bill and doesn't sleep with him. And I was like, did she fucking lie? No, psych, bitch. She comes back. Yeah. I just didn't think that she fucked him in the first instance of them together no he she doesn't yeah that's the whole point but i was like she's supposed to though yeah i was like we're doing the we're doing some revisionist history here yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but psych he comes back yes 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 um and he's she's like oh my god rosie is like Oh my god, I'm in love with her and Tanya. That's the most perfect man in the whole wide world, and I want to jump his bones. I want to travel the seas with him. I'm in love with him. Yeah, which, by the way, is so stupid. You don't know him. You don't know anything about him. And she's like, I just don't understand why she has to be with him when I'm right here. And she has had a million and eight people recently, and I've had no one. And Tanya's like... Yeah, but this is a good way for her to get over it, and you're going to be a supportive friend, so shut the fuck up. Also, you don't know anything about him. Yeah. Donna has, like, met him and, like, been on his boat and, like... They've hung out. They've flirted pretty heavily. Like, they have a rapport. Mm -hmm. You just met him just now and were like, boyoing. Yeah. That's my (laughs) man. Boyoing. Like... (laughs) Yeah. Get it together, Rosie. Yeah, I don't know. It's not like they all spent time together and, you know, whatever. Anyway. Um, And Rosie has that whole line about, like, uh, you know what she could probably do with instead of this man? 
cake. cake. I think cake because works when just I'm, as she's well. Like, when I'm upset, I don't go out and get another man. I, I just have cake. a slice of cake. Which is deeply, deeply relatable. <laughs> um, but... What would you choose, men or cake? Cake. Um, <laughs> that was so fast. I just felt it in... I just felt it was coming, just in my nuggets. I just knew it. Um, I think both. We have time. Life is short. Have a man cake. Mm. So they decide, hey, Bill's like, I'm going to take Donna out on my boat. He's got a boat! Yeah, Rosie's real bitter about it. He's kind, and he cares, and he has a boat. (laughs) Um... And so they fuck off, and Tiny's like, uh, do everything that I would do, and like winks, and it's just cute. I like it. I like all their little interactions, and it's precious. Also, um, real quick, the fucking casting on these young ones. It's, I mean, it's truly incredible. I won't stop talking about it. It's, I, Jesus H. It's so good. Anyway, so they fuck off, um, and... Rosie and Tanya order cake. <laughs> so we're in the present day and we're figuring out now what has happened to Bill um, because they're talking about um, Sophie and Sky, And they're like, well, let's stop talking about me and Sky. What happened with you and Bill? Because like, I have no idea. You showed up and got like weird about it and just refused to talk about it. And we get the number angel eyes. When I tell you that I fucking love the chemistry these two people have together. <laughs> it's just so great. I love this casting. I love them together. You're talking about Skarsgård and Walters right now? Rosie and Bill? No, Rosie and Tanya. Oh, okay. Because they're okay, saying about okay. what happened with... Yeah. Um... It's just... it's I love it. And they're in these fucking moo-moos... And it's just ridiculous. Angel Eyes sounds fantastic. It's V-good. It's like the vocals V-good. on this number are so amazing. Um, so they bebop on through and they're like, yeah, fuck it. We don't need men. Bolster, bolster, bolster. Love it. <laughs> <clears throat> so <laughs> we are still in present day. And turns out the passport guy from the past is still the passport guy today. And Harry shows up and is like, not Harry. Bill shows up and is like, he's like, ah, oh, time has been most cruel to you. <laughs> it's like your hair is thinning yeah, yeah. and you're he makes a ugly joke about his hair. Hideous. <laughs> um, he's like, and Bill's like, uh, fuck you. Thinks, but I need to get on that island. And uh, then Harry's like, maybe we should swim for it. <gasps> oh my god, it's Harry, because Bill didn't see him before. Do you think Bill and Harry ever explored each other's bodies? I think it's one of those things of either yes or I think I think and I frankly kind of know that Bill is just very comfortable with his sexuality. Yeah. So he's just like, eh. I think they might have. I mean, I don't fucking, I don't know. I don't know. Brava. Mm. Maybe they have. Maybe they have. Maybe they just have a really great um, stag relationship. Oh, I miss having a stag. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The good old days. Mm-hmm. The straight straight guy, gay guy relationship. 
Yeah. That is lovely and beautiful. And, and platonic just... and, and good. Mm-hmm. And supportive and mm-hmm. I don't have that anymore. Mm-hmm. Oh. No. Yeah. I wish. No. Yeah. I wish. Anyway. <laughs> Wrong movie. Um. <clears throat> what are we going to do into the woods? <laughs> We've got it on the list. We've got it on the list. <laughs> um. And he's, uh, the passport guy's like, oh, you, sir, have aged like the fine wine or the cheese. Because <laughs> you're a hot. And he's like, thanks. thanks. Winky face. <laughs> like, he hot like, enough to have a boat? <laughs> he, like, kind of, you know, flashes a little something back at the at the passport guy. And he's like, hee I'm like, this is fun. <laughs> Do you think the passport guy and Harry ever explored each other's bodies? I think after that comment, yes, they did. I think they did. I hope so. Mm -hmm. We're back in the past, and Donna and Bill are on the boat. And they found a pearl. How exciting. And she's like, I just really appreciate... Thank you for... Thank you for this, like, letting me keep this pearl. I'll treasure it always. But also, thank you for, like coming back and whisking me away because I needed to be away. And he's like, that's okay. I've got about 18 ulterior motives as to why I'm doing any of this. <laughs> Which I love that he's just upfront about it. Yeah, at least be honest. Like, that's the thing about hookup culture. Like, if you're going to be in, if you're going to do it, like, just be honest. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Say what you mean, mean what you say. Yeah. Um, back on the island, uh, young Sam shows back up. And is like, hey, I'm looking for Donna. Tanya sh- goes up to him and is like, hey, you're really hot. <laughs> the exact phrase she uses is, uh, if I can be completely transparent, I visually enjoy you. <laughs> mm, mm-hmm. I always find Tanya to be so aggressively relatable at any age. No matter when we meet this character, I'm, I always self-identify with Tanya to such an absurd degree. Mm-hmm. I've used this line. I, I have I, fully used this pickup line. I believe you. Oh. I believe you. Um, so I just love her. Jessica Keenan Wynn will always be famous to me. She, I, well. I just love her. She's phenomenal. Um, so, <laughs> Sophia, the gal who owns owns the bar. Well, mm-hmm, it doesn't mm-hmm. own it. Lazarus's mom. She owns the island. Whatever, blah, blah, whatever, blah, blah. whatever. Um. She's there and she's like, hey, fuck face, get over here. Guess what? Donna couldn't wait around for you because fuck you and the drag you came in with. <laughs> and then she's like, she is with my nephew, who's a big old horny stud. He fucks everything and everyone. <laughs> That's a direct quote. This is karma. <laughs> It's pronounced ha. I love Fuck that you line. Entirely. Oh my god. And the fairy you wrote it on. Yeah. Take Get that, Sam, here. you big bitch. And I just it's so good. Um and he <laughs> Tony's like, "Hey, so about that." And Sam just like walks away and she's just like, "Um Oh, okay. What if we get some cake?" You said something about baklava a minute ago. Oh my god, yeah, the top of this scene is Rosie going on and on about baklava. Baklava is one of the best things in the whole wide world. It's so good. Mm -hmm. I'm convinced, like, you know how, like, every culture has its, like, quote-unquote food of the gods? No, I don't, but okay. 
almost every culture does. It's like ambrosia or something. Like it's always usually something honey adjacent. And they call it the food of the gods. I think the baklava is maybe the closest remnant we have. Like it's the only thing that's ever been like labeled a food of the gods that I was like, no, I get it. It's good. Everything else is like milk and honey or something. And I'm like, well, this is fine. But also like, have you had a honey bun? What about an Oreo? Because an Oreo beats raw honey and milk, like, literally every time. <laughs> but baklava? I mean, shit, bitch. Would Oreo be the food of the gods for America? Yes. Like the, yes, like the present would. day yeah. United States? Yeah, it would. Mm. You bet your candy ass it would. Mm. Ice cold milk and an Oreo cooking. That's the food of the gods, baby. They forever go together. Yeah. What a classic combination. You want to talk about milk and honey? Fuck that shit. Milk and Oreos. Oh, Oreo. Oh. Yeah. Starts and ends with an O. Yeah. The big mm. O. I'll mm. tell you what. Oh. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> um, we're back on the boat. Uh, Yeah, we're back on the boat. And Donna is trying to sleep on the spare bed. And then she, like, walks into Bill's room and is like, I just, hey... I fucking hate men. Men are pigs. Walks out. Walks back in. Not to say I don't like pigs. I really do. And like she keeps walking out and walking back in. And Bill's like, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm, you're right. She's trying you're to so talk right. herself out of sleeping with him is what's happening. And he's like, yeah, no, I get that. Men, terrible. God, awful. Um, mm-hmm, no, I'm fully understanding. And he's just like he's so shirtless, oh my tanned. God. Like, really, like, showing off his muscles as he's, like, doing that side, like, on his elbow laying thing. Listen, Bedtime Bill, big swoon. Yeah. Big, big swoon. Yeah. Like, that's exactly... I would have no self-control. None. Zero. Donna lasts so much longer than I would. (laughs) And then he's just like, just get in here. And she's like, (laughs) what? And they fuck. (laughs) Um, Present day. Harry and Bill have are like trying to figure out how the fuck they're going to get to the island. They're in this little bar restaurant, whatever the fuck. And oh yeah, they're on like a it's like a dock restaurant. Yeah, and um, Harry's like, listen, tie my hands behind my back to this chair, and he's like, I do this whenever I'm in a really difficult situation because it helps you really think about solutions. Okay. I you guess. can just say you have a kink and you need a this moment. This feels this feels very very much so like something a finance bro would do. Yeah. And I know that Harry is like technically a finance bro. Like when they come to a a, a difficult decision that they can't make and they're like, "What if we tied I did, me? I did this thing at camp once. What if, what you if tied we tied me to a chair? It. And it's like a it's a quote unquote like corporate solution, but it's really like the way that some skeevy old guy in an office gets his rocks off. Yeah. Which is fine, by the way, but you can't do it with your employees on company time. Right. It's the scoop. Right. <laughs> so but anyway. He's trying to solve the problem. Harry's tied to a chair. Bill is sitting there and all of a sudden this guy shows up and he's like, hey, I know you. Do you know You me? don't remember me, but. I'm a, I, I'm. Yeah, he like, he's like, oh, maybe this will jog your memory. And he like gargles water in front of Bill. And he's like, oh, Alexio. It's Alexio, the dude with the gal 
who like you remember Alexio and Apollonia? Yeah, it yeah, was yeah. A thing, da, da, he da. saves their wedding. Yeah, and... and then they're like talking. He's like, "This man saved my life," and blah blah blah. And he's like, "Oh, it was nothing." Da, da, da. Thinking no that they're one's... posting to like a room. No, no one's, one's listening. paying attention. And Not it's, one soul. It's fucking hilarious because no one gives a shit about you. No, literally no, no one. Um, and he's like, "It's been rough." Um, we've been having issues monetarily as a whole. Um, career field like all the fishermen, and right? Stuff like yeah, that. not 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 Alexio and Apollonia, the fishermen, the fishermen, um, all have in their families. So, uh, Bill's like, "Hey, you guys got boats? Want to go to a party? Let's fucking go. Let's go." And they all cheer, and he says, "Yeah, great. Bring your wife and your and your families." And then they all boo. They're like, "Oh," he's like, "Ah, <laughs> oh, come on now. They deserve it too." Um, Harry, uh, is like, oh my God, they're going to leave without me because they start leaving. And he falls backwards into the water with his hands still tied back behind his back. Terrifying. Terrifying. Literally one of my worst fears. But never you fear. Sky is here. Yeah, That's Skye right. Is back. Our boy has shown up. I knew he'd pull through. I, yeah. I had never, nary a doubt. They're like, oh my God, this sucks. The party was supposed to be today. No one's here. We've got a mountain of food and booze and we've got each other. Now we're back on the island. We're talking about like Sophie and the girls. Yeah. And um, Rosie's like, I think my soulmate might actually be Cobbs. <laughs> Tanya's like, I think mine is wine. And then Sophie ruins it and is like, sky is mine. Pensively <laughs> snaps her head towards the ocean. Tanya is in this insane purple dress. Oh, it's stun- It's like structural and... I can't not talk about it. It's so fucking pretty. This lovely light purple color with a gold applique. Obsessed with it. Um, would you pick carbs or wine or something else for your soulmate? Mm. 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 I'll be honest. I just recently had um, fondue at a joint in, uh, in Madison. Mm-hmm. And it was fucking bonkers. Fondue is good. I think it. I think my soulmate might be melted cheese. That sounds on brand. Yeah. Right on track for me. <laughs> What's yours? I think mine might be um, like coffee or something. What are you? It's 80? not wine. <laughs> it's not wine. I had one. It might have been wine when you were like twenty-four. Oh, it was wine when but I was 24. But it's not anymore. It's not anymore. Um, it might be, again, one day. Um, and I do believe I have some flavor of a gluten intolerance. As much yeah. as I would love for it to be, like, bread and things. Cause yeah. Yum. Well, our bodies are changing. We're, well, we're And I'm not going to apologize for that. Yeah. But, uh, but, yeah, we are slowly... I mean, here's the thing about soulmates... I don't think that any one person is meant to uh, satisfy all of your needs forever. That's crazy. That one person will be everything you need ever again for the rest of your life. That's absurd. So I think we're allowed to grow and change, and I think so are your soulmates. And I think if it's wine or coffee, you're allowed to have that. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm here for you. I'm here to support you. Thank you. I appreciate they that. They gave us apples to dip in the in the cheese, which was really weird, but it was really fucking good. Yeah. It was a weird, weird combination. Is it because it was melty? Uh, no, it was like, they were cheeses that I wouldn't normally, like, I'll do like cheddar and apples together. 
Yeah. But it was like Gruyere and, and it was it was not cheeses that I would normally pair with apples. Mm. It was fucking delicious. <laughs> changed, I love that for you. Changed my life. My soulmate has melted cheese. I love that for you. Um, yeah, and Sophia ruins it because... Sophie ruins it because, of course, she does. Um, and they're like, oh, and it just sucks that the dads won't be here and, and no one's coming. And all of a sudden, Sam, who I guess was just looking at the ocean with binoculars. As one does. I guess. Um, was like, hey, guess what? Your papas, they're on their way. And they you need see- to come look at this. <laughs> they see Harry and Bill doing the Titanic pose at the helm of the ship. I love it. I love that moment. Um, and we get the number Dancing Queen. Let's go! I boat love dancing. This. I love this. And again, our ensemble's on fire here. They're like dancing the house down. It's it's miraculous. Um, the granny from the first movie that throws the bundle of sticks on her head makes a reappearance throwing <laughs> uh, a bundle of sticks off her head. Love it. Love it, love it, Doing love it. Doing the same number. Um, the... When they get ashore, so like the number keeps going after they get ashore, right? Mm-hmm. We just take a brief pause for everybody to like hug and whatever. It feels like a real party time. Like this has the same like cast party energy that a lot of the first movie does. Yeah. Um, where it's like, it's the fun number. Like they're all having a good time. You can tell they've been drinking. Like this is the, this is the fun spirit of Mamma Mia that made everyone fall in love with it the first time around. Mm-hmm. I love to see it. I love that it's included here. And again, like it's another one of those numbers that's in the first movie and also the second one. And I feel like it's better here. Yeah. Um, also, I, the moment that the dads have when like Bill and Harry show up and the way that Sam greets them is like, thank you so much for being here. And he's like almost choked up because he's like, this was going to be a fucking disaster and our girl needs us. Yeah. It, just, it was just one of those moments that always I love their, gets me a little glossy out of left field. I love their co-parent vibe. It's yeah. so fun. Yeah, it's it's delightful, and I love it. Um, Bill like, and Rosie imagine have if an we just went moment. back to co-parenting, like as a tactic, generally speaking, that like just as like a like a people group of in your people. children's lives who cared about you or your children just like were there for stuff and helped you do things. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like. Oh, you had a child? Well, now we can't talk to you for 18 years until you're done having this child. Like, imagine if we, like, rolled back all of that and just started caring about each other and our upbringing again. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that be just bonkers.com? Cuckoo banana pants wonderful. All the way to the top! If you want to rock and roll. Yes. Oh, man. Yes. So good. Crazy. Um, Bill and Rosie also, like, they're going through hugging everybody, and then Bill and Rosie get to each other, and they have this moment of, like, no, no, we're not doing this. But it doesn't disrupt the fun party vibe or the music happening underneath. No. Which I think is brilliant. Um, they just keep on trucking. Um, beautiful, wonderful, everybody's super jazzed that everybody's here. Great. We go back to the past with young Donna and um, the girls are like, okay, so we're going to head out, right? We're leaving tomorrow. And Donna's like, I don't think I'm going to leave. I think I'm going to stay right here. I just feel like this is where I'm supposed to be. And Sophia is like, hey, guess where you've been staying? My house this entire time. 
if you work on fixing it up or something like that, you can continue to stay there. And in the first movie, we find out that Sophie, her daughter, is named after a woman, Sophia. Who took her in and took care of her. Right. And this is that woman. Isn't that beautiful? Um, <clears throat> I'm really glad we got to meet Sophia here in the second movie. Me too. Because she's sort of nice. like, she's an ethereal character that they used to kind of tie everyone together in the first one. Mm-hmm. And now we get time with her. I understand it. And I love it. that. Yeah. Um, so she's like, you can stay in the farmhouse. She's so excited. Um, and then Donna goes and runs to vomit. Um, and then when we see things happening, it's actually Sophie. And she says the line that I absolutely hate. Oh, I think we know what that means. I guess you know what that means. After vomiting into a toilet. And I'm like, I don't, what does it mean? Baby time. Stomach flu? Yeah. You ate some, bla- some, you ate some bad clams? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> what does it mean? Yeah. Baby time. Yeah. Um, Big so boom, she's bam, like, baby oh time. Oh my God. I vomited once. And I'm like, ah. Pregnant. Pregnant. I'm not going to take a test. I'm not going to do anything. No, Benny, don't you know that when a woman has sex in a movie and then vomits, she's obviously pregnant? Well, and like... Those are the rules. Well, (laughs) and we don't know how long Skye's been gone. You know what I'm saying? It's like, he was supposed to be gone for six weeks. He came back early. But I'm just like... (sighs) Okay, fine. So, good, great. She's pregnant. She has a conversation with Skye, and she's like, Skye, guess what? I'm pregnant. And he's like, oh my God, that's wonderful. She's like, but we shouldn't tell anybody till our 12 week scan. I don't want to do this whole thing. Isn't that great? And he's like, okay, good, great, fine, whatever. And she has this moment of like, I'm pregnant in the same place that my mother was. Isn't that beautiful? And I just feel so connected to her. And when I was watching this, I had to pause it and be like, if I was pregnant in Reedsburg, Wisconsin, Oof. the same place where my Oof. mother was pregnant with me, I probably wouldn't find it so magical. Big it's probably because you're on a fucking Greek island, bitch. Yeah. If I had that view, maybe I would also feel a little verklempt about things, but I just am like, no. Yeah. No. No, it's not the same. No, I don't think it's that. And like, I get that her mom died and da 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 da. I still don't think that she would find it very magical. Uh, if she was in a place like where we grew up. No, probably not. No. But she's like, I realized that my mom, the reason my mom wasn't scared was because she wasn't alone. She had me. And Sky's like, and you have me. I love their love. Mm-hmm. I love it so much. It's precious. Um, oh, they have a cute exchange here when they're talking about like, having this baby and where they're going to have it and if they're going to stay on the island to do it and all this other stuff and like do we want to have a baby and like they have a, a conversation about it and he says there's a whole world out there and she says there's one right here I love that line mm-hmm. there's so much good writing in this movie there really is there all really these is. lovely little quotable snippets I just love the idea that like you don't I think a lot of us have the misconception that you have to like go out and and be a part of the world and like see the whole world and do something great and amazing and huge and outside of yourself and be a part of something bigger in order to matter or have a full life or have a, you know, like there's just this fallacy that like if you don't like quote unquote make it somewhere that you failed. 
that is just not true. Mm-mm. Like, it's okay to want big things, and, like, you should pursue them if you want them, but it's okay to want small things, too. Like, it's okay to just want, like, a simple life, like, surrounded by the people you grew up with and, like, have your, having your family nearby, and, like, that's not a bad thing. You know, like, you can have a whole world right where you're at. It's about what you make of what you have where you are. Mm-hmm. I just really like that line. I think it's so sweet. So they're chit-chatting, and Sky's like, oh, should we surprise, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, no. I no don't, surprises. I don't want any more surprises. We've had the weirdest fucking week. I can't handle anything shocking. In the next 10 years. Enter Cher on a helicopter. Casual. They hear a helicopter in the distance, <laughs> and they're like, who in the fresh hell? Bill and Rosie are having a moment, and... Bill's like, come on, please give me a second chance, you know, da 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 da, whatever. And Rosie's like, no, because you're a fucking selfish playboy and you're not, you're never going to change unless there is something that happens that really rocks you to your core and you actually experience pain and loss for the first time in your playboy life. And I was like, (laughs) fucking get him. She's right. Yeah. She's right. Well, because, again, we didn't see their their breakup. Like, they end the first movie, like, as kind of a couple. And we don't know what happened in the interim. Well, in Angel Eyes, we learn that, like, he cheated on her. Yeah, but still. I mean, it's not something we're, like... We, we haven't We haven't been aware happen. of it for a very long. Like, it's... Yeah. So for <clears> her <throat> to, like, snap back... In that way, yeah. I just... It's tasty. I love it. I do, and I do enjoy it. So, um, Bill's like, oh, well, you know, things have changed. And she's like, ah, da, 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 whatever. She's like, we can be friends, but we can't keep doing this. And then they, she mentions Donna because she's like looking out at the hotel and she's like, Donna would have absolutely loved this. And Bill starts bawling. Yeah. And then Rosie has this moment of, oh, fuck. You did indeed go through some major pain and loss. So maybe you are different. Yeah. And they make out about it. Oh my God, it's Cher. She's appeared at the top of the stairs. Bold entrance. And she talks to Sophie and she's like, why the fuck are you here? And she's like, well, I've decided to commit to be a grandma in air quotes. And she's (laughs) like, you haven't been a grandma for the past 25 years. What the fuck? She's like, well, you know, and if you think about like, her daughter's now dead. That was probably shocking that she outlived her daughter. It's a yeah. little weird. I mean, you're never, you're never meant to bury your kids. Yeah. Um, And so I get like if she's like, well, I kind of want to make that connection. Fine. And we learn that Skye is the one who actually helped her get there. You sneaky sneak. You sneaky son of a bitch. Um, and... So we kind of see that people are like walking by and kind of like looking, looking at Sophie and making little comments here and there. And all of a sudden Sophie's like, oh my fucking God. Sky, did you tell anybody? And he's like, no, I didn't tell anybody. You told me not to. He's like, did you tell anybody? Well, I told... Sam that I'm pregnant because... Because he's my father. He's my stepfather and one-third my real father. And then Sam's like, well, I told Bill because he's my best friend. 
and also one third your father. And then Bill was like, well, I told Harry because he's also a father. And then Harry's like, I told many, many, <laughs> many people. <laughs> Fucking a Harry, you gossipy queen. Um, <laughs> But it's lovely and precious and, you know, she's like, okay, well, I'm not going to be mad at it and I'm just going to roll with it. So Sophie finally gets her chance to sing with the Dynamos and we get the number, I've been waiting for you. Dynamo 2.0. And she announces to the room that she's pregnant. Kind yeah, of yeah. Because she's like, I've I've been uh, so busy taking care of all of this. And she gestures to the hotel and, that all, and all of this. And she like holds her womb. Yeah. It's like the Beyonce pregnancy announcement where, like, she doesn't say anything. She just, like, finishes a sentence and puts her hand on her on mm-hmm. her cervix. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we get that lovely number. We also see that Donna is starting to give birth back in the past. Um, Ugh. So here's the and thing. So they flip back and forth between those scenes. Giving birth during a song is always awkward. Like, there's just no way to give birth to song elegantly i can almost guarantee that if a woman if a person who's given birth uh watches this that they'll probably get a little choked up (laughs) i mean maybe almost guaranteed because i've never given birth i I can't say i have perspective there yeah that you that we don't connect with it's just such an i mean it's big giving big glee vibes i understand that well like the song climaxes and you give birth yeah. Weird. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah, I'm not going to I'm not going to say that it's not. You know what's also weird? Amanda Seyfried's straight tone. She has such as opposed a opposed to her gay tone. <laughs> as opposed to her gay tone. No, as opposed to her like really rapid quaver of a vibrato yeah. that we comment on all the time. She's known for it. But in this song we get some beautiful straight tone moments out of her and it's stunning. Like, where has that been for the past, I don't know, 10 years? Where was that in Les Mis? Bitch, can we get a fucking straight tone? No. It sounds lovely. I wish we had more of it. It is. Um, she gives birth. Sophia is there helping her, which I think is a beautiful moment. Because that shows even further their connection that they ended up having. Yeah, Sophia finds Donna in the past giving birth just like on her bedroom floor she's like crunched up against a wall like gritting her teeth ready to have a baby and Sophia's like what the fuck why didn't you say anything why didn't you come find me and then she rushes in and like gets hot water and all this and they deliver a baby in in that room yeah wild yeah um beautiful moment so we get this dealie between Sophie and her grandma and they're chit-chatting and then all of a sudden Senor Sinfuegos uh, off in the distance goes <gasps> Ruby! Uh, it's because turns out the love of his life that abandoned him was indeed Ruby, Sophie's grandma and the dude that Donna's mom had like a not so great thing with in Central America was indeed Senor Sinfuegos. Yeah. And guess what his first name is? Fernando. Fernando. And the He's reason we didn't so know that handsome. until now. The reason I like that they kept that from us because otherwise we'd be like, oh, well, we're going to end up having a song. Right, because there's an ABBA song like titled Fernando. Yeah, so I'm 
I love that they kept that secret right up until then. <laughs> He's so handsome. It's so ridiculous. And then Cher starts to sing. And I wrote, everyone shut up. Cher singing Abba. Nobody move. Can you hear the drums, Fernando? <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was so good. Thank you. You could be a Cher impersonator. Oh! <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, man. So, it's a great number. Um, also, I can... So Fernando is Donna's dad. Yeah, That's yeah. canon, right? Absolutely. In this moment, we're like, fully, oh, fully, fully, okay. fully. Absolutely. As if there's any doubt. I don't have any. I don't either. Um, also, the, the silver jacket thing that Cher is wearing. Stunning. It's beautiful, and I'm almost positive it's Bob Mackie. I cannot prove it. I tried. I tried looking it up. I tried digging through Bob Mackie archives to see if I could find the silver piece somewhere else, and it just like was uncredited. I checked the credits to see if there was like a like a such and such Cher's dressers that I could Google. Should have just called Cher. I should have just called Cher. I just I have her on speed dial. I should have just given her. I, I have Bob Mackie on speed dial. He's alive. He is alive. Yeah. I don't know why, but I thought Bob Mackie was was deceased no bob mackie is very much alive he just received like, like a... what you got the plan chat out with <laughs> yeah yeah i ouija'd him no bob mackie just received um a, like a lifetime achievement award at the last drag race crowning oh bitch get it yeah he got a big award at drag race he was just at um at uh carol burnett's 90th birthday party nice special because they're like best friends and he's dressed her his whole fucking life um but anyway i i really truly deeply believe that that silver jacket is bob mackie I can't prove it, but I, it's something I will take to my grave. All right. Excellent. I love that for you. So this number ends with fireworks. While, fireworks. While Cher and Fernando make out. And um, this is a really good moment for me to just remind all of you out there that Cher did indeed, in her contract, say that she gets to choose who was going to be cast as Fernando. Cher handcrafted this incredible moment with this very, very hot, spicy, handsome man while fireworks explode in the background as they make out on a Greek island at sunset. Can you imagine being the man that was chosen by Cher for this moment? She's like, hey, I think vocally you're talented enough and uh, you're hot enough for me to make out with while fireworks are happening. It's like the most flattering escort service you've ever heard of. (laughs) I would pass away. Uh, Yeah. I would just, mm-hmm. I would just disappear. Hmm. I would just disappear. Wobble around wobble. with joy. <laughs> you know that one? Yes, the I marshmallow do. sound from TikTok. Yes, I do. Yes, I, I wish do. I was a marshmallow. Why is that? Is that I would just wobble around. <laughs> anyway, it's like my favorite sound on TikTok of all time. It's good. With joy. <laughs> Boom, nine months later, she had the baby. We're back this at the is, stupid high church on the hill. At, oh, God, it's it's so far. <laughs> Can we stop doing this? Tanya even has a line when she gets to the top. She's like, I swear to God, that climb gets higher and higher every fucking time we take it. Well, she's not wrong. Um, and this is the first time, and I've watched this movie a number of times. This is the first time that I ever clocked that she named her, her son Donnie. After Donna. I hate it. Well, I mean, she's named Sophie after Sophia. Like, it seems to be a motif of theirs. It is. I just... I also hate I it. I think it's because I'm like, Donnie. I don't Donnie's really going to grow up name. to be a prick. 
I don't. Hmm. Donnie's a shitty teenage kid name. I don't. You ever and met it's a, specifically that you ever it's met Donnie. a Donnie that you were like, oh yeah, I love Donnie. He's such an upstanding guy who doesn't know how to skateboard. Like it's never happened to me <laughs> in the history of time. Every uh, Donnie is some shitty kid who starts vaping at thirteen. He's always got a skateboard. He's the worst. He's the worst. He's a shitty little kid, and no one likes hanging out with him. Yeah. So, um, they're back at the church. Tanya um, is like, oh, everyone's in love. This is irritating. I need She's a man. She's so bitter. Um, and then Fernando, who's like, ah, and the other love of my life, my brother, whatever the fuck his name is. Um, Tanya, of course, is going to end up with Fernando's brother. Fully. He's also an incredibly handsome, like, lovelorn. They have, like, essentially the same story. Yeah. Where Tanya and Fernando's brother are like, oh, I had love, and he they're gone now, and I think I'll die alone. And Tanya was like, fuck that noise. She's like, think again, brother. I also don't <laughs> super love that line, but... Anyway. Um, this whole time, Slipping Through My Fingers is playing in the background, which I just... You know that song gets me right in the gut every fucking time. I'm like, I just, they, they fuck it. The music fucking does it. Every, every it's moment. so they do it. intentional and thoughtful. Because they could use anything. They're like, ah, oh, you know, it'll be really like great storytelling. Why? I mean, it's just, it's brilliant. It's I just so, really enjoy it. I just love it because it's all, it's just thoughtful is the word. Like this yep. whole movie is so, it's not just a sequel cash grab. It's like. This really thoughtful homage to, like, the fandom and the artists who inspired it and, like, the story they told the first time. And, like, it's just all so thoughtful. I love it. I love it. I wish I had another word for it, but... Um, and then it, we get the number, My Love, My Life. Oh, okay. The very last shot we have of Amanda Seyfried outside of the church before we go in and start this number is probably some of, some of the worst green screening I've ever seen. It's so bad. Yeah, it's not great. It's so, t- to the point where, like, she has her, like, regular hair texture. Her Amanda Seyfried kind of, like, big beachy, like, almost ringlet. But it's, like, a it's somewhere between, like, a ringlet and a beach wave mm-hmm. moment. And, like, you can see the actual background through her hair. Like, they didn't go in and fix it. They just let, like, there's a clear outline all the way around her. Rough. Rough times. <laughs> um, and we... But yes, then we have... My Love, My, my Life. My Life. Which is... I adore this song. It is one of my favorite ABBA songs mm, of all time. It's so beautiful. And we get this really great, like split scene thing happening yeah they like splice the timelines together really again like all the transitions are so seamless this whole movie and it's the timeline of when sophie was getting baptized as a baby Mm -hmm. versus when her son is getting baptized right i think is so as a result meryl streep is here meryl meryl shows up oh my god as a ghost i'm i sobbed through this whole number stunning her and Sophie duet in this way that like oh. Sophie doesn't fully acknowledge her because obviously she's not supposed to be there, but um, you can tell that she still like feels her mom's energy there, which right. is 
Goddamn. I mean, it's it's so tasteful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, Meryl mm-hmm. Streep is here for, like, less than two minutes. And she has this wonderful, like, duet moment with Amanda Seyfried. And then she kind of walks backwards out of the church and closes the doors behind her. With, like, a, a flood of light back behind her. So it's it looks like she's walking so in. so good. It's beautiful. Um, and it's, it's this wonderful, tasteful way to include Meryl Streep. And, like, for her to still be part of this project in a meaningful way that contributes to the story. I mean, it's just, the it's so well done. It's so well done. Exquisite. Um, and then the story, that's it for the story. And then we get Ta-da. the fun, and then we get the fun end number, which is uh, Super Trooper. I love, I love these end numbers. That they I, do. Love I love the, the disco bow. It's just. It's so quintessentially Mamma Mia. It, it really is. I mean, it, it, doing Mamma Mia without the disco bow is like doing fame without the title number fame. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you're doing it, but you've completely lost the soul of why you were doing it. Yeah. Like it's so important. And I, I, I love the bedazzled mics. I love almost all of the costumes. I literally, they, they come out, they're shiny head to toe, Cher's hair, end of sentence. Uh, yeah. End of sentence, that wig. The um, fact that Meryl Streep is in the in the disco bow, Cher is in the disco the bow. With the dynamos, by the way. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. I love. I love and I love the dynamos have like kicked it up a notch. We've got some like ostrich feather stuff going on. Like it's just so well done. I don't love the like the young dynamo girls in these like t-shirt dress things. They're like silky t-shirt dresses They're with like cartoon almost animals on the front. Yeah, Rosie has like an owl on her dress Mm -hmm. that reminds me of like the 2010 like twee trend where like everything was bacon flavored and everyone had mustaches on stuff Mm -hmm. and everyone had that enormous hideous owl necklace yep you know the one i do we all know the one most of us wore that necklace proudly happily they were bad they were never good and I really, those dresses in particular, I do hate. One final question. Mm-hmm. Do you think young Harry and adult Harry ever explored each other's bodies? <laughs> no, but what's funny is, so like each of the, each of the older character, right? The adult character and the young adult character. They have like they a have moment a, with a each moment. other. I got to tell you, the moment between Christine Baranski and uh, and uh, Ke- uh, Jessica Keenan Wynn uh-huh. will live in my memory, like the image is seared into my brain permanently. In infamy. Like I can't tell you how much power the two of them hold together face to face. Yeah. First of all, they look exactly the same. They do. Like the, uh, again, like the casting is so spot on, but also they both hold so much power as women individually that mm-hmm. I'm like, oh my God. Oh, I love it. It's like watching someone divide by zero. Like you're just afraid of the consequences. It's great. Um, but the only one where it's, visibly awkward is young Harry and older Harry. And all I can Uh think about is like, if we got together with a much younger version of ourselves and we're just like, you're gay. (laughs) You're queer. Like I can't, like I can't, if I tell you I'm going to ruin the space time continuum. Right. And also you had to come out at, at, at the time that you came out and the way you came out. Like it's important to you that that happened the way that it did. But as an adult, you're like, God, 
So like, God, like, that was he fucked is up. Facing this young version of himself, right, just like, like we wasted so much time. <laughs> like, buddy, I've got some news, but I can't tell you what the news is. But also, I've got news. Yeah. So, but anyway, um, I absolutely love it. They rock it out. What fun! What fun! What a fun time. It's camp. It's nostalgic. It's new. It's exciting. It's well-written. It's so good. It's so good. Uh, We've talked about this, I think, a couple of times before, but I low-key like this one more than the first one. I do like this one more than the first one. And and so I was talking um, with our friend Ariel, and... Ariel, who's co-hosted the podcast? Yes. Yep, yep, yep. Bless yep, her yep. heart. Uh, listen back in Drake's birthday month, the producer's episode. Yeah, Ariel. yeah, yeah. Um, we were discussing this and she was like, you know, I feel like it's one of those things where people um, often are like, ugh, I don't want to watch Mamma Mia until they start to watch Mamma Mia. Because and then, then you're like, like what oh a great my time. God, this is so good. I forgot how good this is. Yeah, because it's one of those like sneaky surprises. Again, I think the Mamma Mia, I think the Mamma Mia verse is the most successful example we have of a shoehorn jukebox show. Uh, hands down. I mean, it just, it, I mean, Rock of Ages gives it a run for its money, but Mamma Mia ekes it out. It does every time, and and it makes for such a good like double feature movie night because the second one is better. So it's not like you watch the first one and then you have to watch the second one. It's like you watch the first one and then you get, get to, to watch, watch the, the second, second one, yep. which is so nice. It just it's what a what a lovely little evening, and I am so thrilled if they decide to make a third one. I know I can't wait to see what they do with the I third just, one. I I would absolutely love it. Can you imagine getting the chance to do a movie musical trilogy? I really hope that they include more musical theater folks like Jessica Keenan Wynn. Yeah. Um, I want to see more of it. I hope that that's the direction they lean. And I'd be interested to know, like, I mean, are we going to push even further back and do, like, a young share? Right. Are we going to do that? Are we going to go in the future? Because, well, I mean, they'll probably, I mean, if they follow the the trend that they did with this one, they'll do both, and those timelines will converge again at the end. Right? Yeah. Like, that's the trope that we're playing with now? Because mm-hmm. it's what happens in the first one, too. Yeah. Right? Like, Sophie and her mom have parallel lives that converge at the end Mm -hmm. and now now we have sophie having a child and meeting her grandmother like we're pushing it in the opposite direction do we push even further my point being can we have michaela diamond in the third movie playing young share because she played young share on broadway in the share show oh and now she's like uh she's on broadway right now in parade with ben platt yep and she's gorgeous She's so, so talented. Yes, 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 yes. I'm ready. I'm prepared for it. Can I get a young share? Please and thank you. Yeah. Put Michaela Diamond in Mamma Mia 3. Yeah. Thank you for your attention. Yeah. I'm here for it. Let's rate this. All right. What did we give the first one? Like a four, a four and a half, a four? Well, why don't I just go right on ahead and look that up? I'm positive we gave it like some sort of very high ranking because we both really like Mamma Mia. <laughs> I, yes, I really do. 
Although I do recall there were some, like, we had some four. trouble. A four? Okay, that makes sense, because I'm remembering that we had trouble with, like, some of the filming of it and some of, the like, the, the filtering and editing at the end. Mm-hmm. Like, the color saturation and things like that. I remember being goofy. We talked about that. The dad singing. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and I, 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 oh, and this is the them. one we did. We disagreed on pass or fail, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Right, right, right. Because I have it listed that you gave them, like, a, a B minus fail. Or B minus pass. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's a pass, but, like, barely. Right, but this one, I'm going to say... This one, I think, is better than the original, so I'm inclined to give it a 4.5, yeah. I think a 4.5. Could have been a 5, I think, if you didn't have the fat suit in there, and if we didn't... uh, There are some moments, the green screen moment is, like, not great. Yeah, there are just little itty-bitty details that could have, like, really rounded it out to be bulletproof. But just not quite. Yeah. So I think a 4.5 is fair. And then the... Oh, the bitty test. The bitty test. The BD, the Benny Drake. Pass, fail. Pass. 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 Yeah, it's great. Well, because like... And for those of you questioning um, why I'm passing this one, I didn't pass the other one. The singing is better. Yeah. Well, and (laughs) here's here's the thing. It feels like they learned from the first one that everyone was like, wow, Pierce Brosnan really can't fucking sing. So they were like, hey, we're going to have you sing in this because you're a a dad and Mamma Mia and you can't not sing. But um, we would love it if you did like just a just a very soft, forlorn thing in your own register. Would that be fine? He wasn't pushing it and trying to like. Right. They weren't like, we need you to be. Broadway level talented because Pierce Brosnan is not going to make that happen for you. No, and then all of the other, um, all the other times that they sang, it was in a chorus, and like sure. every once in a while, you might hear their voice peek through. But sure, that's... you can hear their timbre, but it doesn't ruin the number the no. way that it would have in, I don't know, like our last summer, for example. Yeah, where you hear just them, and it's like, oh, that was kind of not uh-huh. my favorite. Yeah, and then all of the young folks are like. Just uber crazy talented. Just wonderful. Yeah. So a 4.5 and a pass. Whoa. That's a pretty high one. Yeah. That's going to be, that's going to be at the top of the list for the video awards next season. Yep. (gasps) Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, shall we do a fortune cookie? Give me a cookie. So our cookie. Give me a baklava. So I I haven't done this in, yeah. How how about a nibble of uh, the food of the gods? I haven't done this in a long time. But our fortune cookie today actually comes from the movie. Mm, our right. fortune cookie today is everything. Just like that. Oh, I like that. That Lazarus says um, about the way that the things work on the island. Yeah, yeah. Because it, it, it really, life should work that way. Mm-hmm. Right? There are lots of barriers in our way. There are lots of obstacles that you're going to find in real life. There are lots of systems set up to hold you where you are. But the truth of the matter is that if, if you don't allow those things to hold you back. And that does come with a certain dose of privilege and you should acknowledge that, but like mentally hold you back. Right. Like if you don't, if you don't look at those things and allow yourself to be stopped, then nothing will stop you. Everything. (laughs) Cats don't dance. Yeah. Um, Everything just like that. It's beautiful. I love it. Yeah. I'm going to tell a quick story. In college, oh God. we uh, had the chance to do uh, a master class with director and producer Ed Sharon. He's the guy who produces with Dick Wolf all the time. He's done a ton of like 
uh, NCIS and CSI and all, all those all those cop dramas, procedural dramas. He does a lot of those. And, um, and his wife is actress Jane Alexander. Now, we got a chance to do a talk back with the two of them. And uh, as college students, one of the questions that came up was like, how, how, what do you recommend for people who are just getting into the industry? Like, how do you get started? How do, like, what is the, what is the thing you should put all your energy into pursuing? Is it like an internship? Is it auditioning full time? Like, what do you recommend? And she said something that has stuck with me my entire young life. And she said, if you want opportunities, if you want to do this for the rest of your life and you want the chance to do it, don't wait for someone else to give it to you. If you want an opportunity and it's not right there in front of you to pursue, make it. Don't wait. Don't, don't sit around wasting time for the perfect opportunity, the perfect audition, the perfect role, the perfect whatever to fall into your lap, to fall into your path. You make your own path. You find the opportunity and you build it from the ground up by yourself. And that has always stuck with me. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I think it's really great advice for young people because I think a lot of us are waiting on some magic moment to be, you know, for the stars to align and for everything to be right for you to say yes to something or for someone else to give you your yes. But that's just not true. You can have it right now. Everything. Just like that. Well, bravo. Where can they find us? Um, you guys can find us on TikTok and Instagram at Backstage Biddies. You can email us your listener requests um, uh, and accolades and praise to BackstageBiddies <laughs> at gmail.com. You can find me on the things at Binny Biddy. And where can they find you? You can find me on a Greek island exploring young Bill's body. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh my, all right, and with that, we need to go. Yeah, I gotta go find a man on an island. Bye! Bye!